Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, the Wise Guys just started right now, which officially ushered in the uh, not only the last Tuesday of June, but the best night of the week. Tuesday night always is the best night of the week, right? It is. Never fails. And we're happy to have you, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. We're the Wise Guys. we got an awesome show tonight. We welcome everybody. Uh, the Philippines, right out of the gate. Right Glenn, out of the gate. Glenn Lewin, Glenn's in for the Philippines. He's in for, like, from the Philippines. <laughs> First guy chiming in. I love it. We, we, and in recent weeks, we've had the Philippines represented. We've had South Korea represented. We've had Panama represented. We've had Japan. We've had Corey from Japan yeah, on with yeah. us. So, so in these last few weeks... But don't you love that when the, the very first person that chimes in today is Glenn from the Philippines? <laughs> so our, our international our international uh, group is bringing it strong here um, to start this Tuesday night. Tuesday night is always the best. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat. Hit the subscribe button. It's free. Click on the bell. If you click on that bell, you'll get notifications and whenever we post something new or go live. So if we've got and you know as football season gets closer and camp starts, we may do a little live stream some at some yeah. point in the middle Sky's of the day the limit. and so when we do something like that you'll get a notice you'll get a notice when this show's about to start and a lot of big things going on we we can't tell you right now with the show as we approach football season we approach august that we'll announce in coming weeks but but subscribe click on that bell so that you get notifications um the longer um you know the more subscribers we have yeah the longer that our wives let us do the show that's that's that's, right. the, that's the theme maddie from logan is in thanks maddie follow us at ysguys.com subscribe to our weekly email get highlights from the show that one's free it's all free and all our interviews are sitting right there danny ainge marie osmond jimmer fredette ty detmer kyle van noy jay hill justin enna Gennaro gilford sione puha well, kelly papinga fessy sataki harvey Unga. that's just can i can i tell you the tip of the iceberg Governor Governor Herbert wants to know why you never say his name when you leave the list. Is he on here? Go, no, go, oh, no, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. Should, like, he yeah. said to me, hey, you announced all these people. You never, you never say Governor Herbert. And on the Governor show. Herbert is on the show, and you can find that at ysguys.com. And, he, and by the way, he was great. And his son-in-law, Ben Cahoon, came on the show. That's right. And then he challenged his father-in-law. That's right. Revealing that, um, that his father-in-law couldn't beat him at basketball in his prime, which the governor contested and uh, hasn't been happy uh, about it since. Yeah, and, and hey, we, we did a new thing last week where, where a recruit announced uh, yeah. what, what, where they were going, one of the top basketball recruits in the country, and, uh, and bam, 10 minutes later, live on the show. And there's a link between that superstar and the former superstar, high school superstar we're going to have on this show coming right. up here in just a little bit. Yeah, she's giving us the look right now. No. We mentioned Sherry Dews on the show. We have people from all around the world already locked in on the live stream. Yeah. Hey, Hawaii, Hawaii's in the house. So the Hadley Aloha. family, love having you with us from Hawaii. Aloha. This is Big 12 week for BYU football. Uh, that's coming up. Sherry Dew, prep basketball star, executive, author, religious leader, BYU fan. And did Jimmer get disrespected by ESPN this week? Yeah, that's a good question. We're going to get into that a little bit. So you want to do a couple of headlines yeah. before we bring Sherry in? Let's so, do it. Um, BYU joins the Big 12. When's this happening? Well, 
On Friday, we're going to lead into this this whole thing with a big uh, big countdown show at 11.30 Mountain Time. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton, Alema Harrington uh, streamed all, all on at BYU Football. Um, accounts on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So at BYU Football, this is a big countdown show at 11.30 p.m. And then at 12, Mountain. fireworks. Yep. And uh, the lighting of the Y on the mountain at midnight. Because the second it turns over is the day that BYU joins the Big 12. And then there's the big party on Saturday afternoon, 3 to 6 mountain time at the student athletic practice fields, the indoor practice facility, Smith Fieldhouse Annex. Everybody's welcome. So there's going to be coaches, players, alumni, fans, live music, fire dancers, water games, food trucks, all on site out there on the practice field as we celebrate the Big 12. And, w- and we're going to be there. We're going to um, originate a live show with, with our full set there, just like we do on game day, from 3 to 5. The, the fan festival is from 3 to 6. Big celebration of the Big 12. Uh, rep- all sports represented there. And then when we get done with that show at 5, we'll, we'll love to stay around and visit with you. Um, you have to go, though. Yeah, we've got it, the, the capper of the big day is Stadium of Fire, at 8 o'clock over at, the, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Journey's the headliner. Yeah. So I have some stuff over there. So we got With some stuff. It's a doubleheader, but it's the ultimate doubleheader. Dave has doubleheader. some stuff. He's the master of ceremonies of, of Stadium of Fire. And you know what? Just I, like every year. We were having our meeting the other day, and they're saying, hey, it's a 50-50 shot that you get to introduce the band. I always, I always want to introduce oh, the band. yeah, yeah. So that was up from previous years where it's like 20-80, 50-50. I said, I'll take it. And so then, you know, it's it's fun because I, I got a chance to uh, uh, introduce Keith Urban. Right. When you say Keith Urban, the whole place goes nuts, and that's kind of fun to be a part of. Uh, and so Journey will be the same thing. We say, hey, everybody, well, blah, blah, blah. Welcome back, Journey. The place goes crazy, and the guitars so come. And, and, and you got a connection to Keith Urban, a, a connection that, that one of his writers that wrote some of his biggest songs is a good yeah, friend Monty of yours. Yeah, Monty Powell's a good friend of ours. Yeah, and, and, Monty, and Monty, man, did he hook us up. Yeah. Yeah, down because in Vegas. You, you and Diane and Brenda and I, we went to Vegas, and Keith was in residency down there, and uh, your buddy hooked us up. Those yeah, were awesome seats, and I had no idea that he was that. Prof- like he's right, one of the best. That was your first time. I had I I knew he was a great singer. I knew he was a great artist, but my goodness, can that man play the guitar? Yeah, like he is a phenomenal guitarist. And you know who else is that? Neil Sean can play the guitar. Yeah, he can. And yeah. we'll see him Saturday. Yeah. You can read more. I wrote an article about saying goodbye to June and hello to July and what it means for BYU football at Deseret.com. So that's there for you. And we had a chance to hang out with some of the guys Monday, yesterday at the uh, BYU golf event at the Cedar Hills Golf Club here in Utah County. And you, and you were just sucking before we came on the air. Slovis, Keaton let, Slovis looks ready to play. Let me tell you two guys that were up playing golf yesterday that I looked at and I went, wow. I, I think I said wowzer. <laughs> so first of all, Keaton looks really good. Like he looks physically stronger than he did when he got here. And Keaton's been somebody that's always taken care of his body and worked hard. But I, th- I think he looks in particularly good shape right now. He is ready to roll, and he was in great spirits. Um, and then um, Ben Bywater. Yeah, he's ready I- to I'm go. not sure if he's playing football or if he's getting ready to play the Incredible Hulk <laughs> in, the, in the next movie that comes out. He looks... He looks really good. He looks big and strong and lean. And, and everyone's happy because everyone's healthy now. The guys that miss spring their back yeah. and doing their drills. I had a chance to talk with Jaron Hall, who was there playing. He's back from minicamp with the Vikings. And we talked about replacing Dalvin Cook with that Madison guy. He thinks he'll be fine and what it's like to be in the locker room. And, and uh, he looks... Uh, he looks ready to go, uh, and we'll see him in the preseason uh, here in early August, and 
and he gets to live out his dream. But it was fun to have him back playing golf with with his uh, coaches and friends. They had they had a bunch of of uh, NFL guys back there. James Empey, who's with the Titans right now, yeah. was there. Blake Freeland, um, who's a draft pick, w- was there. They had several of the big offensive linemen there, and they were in a circle. And I went over to talk to the guys, and I felt very very small. <laughs> like which I don't even with your guns, you felt small. I felt tiny. These really? guys, these yeah. are these are some huge human beings, and and they look they look ready to go. So, so we, we, it's a super week heading into to Saturday. Let's roll out some key dates uh, that we've been kind of checking off as we move through the calendar. Yeah, let, let's start with July 12th and 13th. That's Big 12 Media Days down in Arlington, Texas. You're going to go down and do some interviews. I'm not going to go down this year. That's why we had the golf tournament this week. Right. Typically, BYU and Independence hosted their own media day. They were an independent. They weren't part of a league media day. And, and I love what BYU did, even though they're in the Big 12 now, and they're part of Big 12 Media Days. They said, hey, we don't, this has been a great tradition where we all get together. So we're going to have a golf tournament. Yeah. We're going to go up to Cedar Hills and we're going to play golf. Anybody that wants to stay after and do some interview, you can do some now. Um, you, you can be down at the Big 12, but we're not going to let this tradition die. We're still going to do our own deal, but we're going to make it a little more fun. And the whole fun. coaching staff was there, a bunch of players, a bunch of former players, and all the media joined up. And your team and my team weren't, weren't great. No. They weren't great. But our team was, was so-so. I didn't play great, but I did hit a birdie putt at the end. Nice. And we had a lot of fun. So the 12th and the 13th is Big 12 Media Days. And then July 18th. Diane's got this on the family calendar. Uh, yeah, July 18th, NFL training camp right. um, opens up. That's 21 that's, days. 21 days. Yeah, that's when rookies start to report. So AFR kicks off its 10th season four weeks from tonight. Can you believe it? That's, not, that's July 25th. Wait, what's our... I'm trying to remember. We already know what our first topic's going to be. The, it's the Jaron Hall Pukunakua show. Oh, that's right. We're going to re- a, a year. All their in, highlights together are going to be awesome. A year in review with those two stars that I think are going to be stars in the NFL. That'll be a really fun show. So make sure you join us um, for that one on July 25th. August 2nd. That's when the players report here at BYU. Um, a, a, that's according to Fessy Sataki. who was right. on the show here a few weeks ago. Fessy says that August 2nd. Um, they'll report, they'll start practicing the next day on the 3rd, and then we're off and running. Off and running. Also on the 3rd, as the Cougars report, Zach Wilson and the Jets are actually playing a game on TV against the Browns in the NFL Hall of Fame game. That's only 37 days away. Remember when it was like 200 days away? Yeah, it's now crazy. it's 37 days away. Yep, that, that is crazy to me. Um, August 16th, that's Cougar kickoff from 6 to 9 p.m. on the SAB practice field with fall sports. So everyone come see yep. everybody? It'll be, we're going to have this Big 12 kickoff, and then we're going to have fall sports kickoff. So it's the same kind of thing, a big fan festival. Wait a minute. We got, what's the Friday that, that Elder Sekahema is coming, um, and we're going to play a little golf and have some uh, lunch? I think that was end of July. I think it? we need to say it right now to hold him to it <laughs> so he can't back out. Yeah, he's been it. pretty loose with his commitments yeah, when it comes yeah. to us and lunch. So, so Elder Sekahema is coming up, and we were going to do it, um, in the next couple of weeks, and then we realized it would be way more fun um, to go play nine holes, have lunch, and then go to practice. So we pushed totally it off until that, sec- that second week of practice. So Elder Sikahema, and we always attribute a saying of Elder Sikahema's uh, very often on this show, which is... If it's free... It's for me, and I'll take three. That's my, <laughs> that's my saying. So, um, and then September 2nd is Sam Houston at BYU, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time on FS1. Two-hour pregame show with us before on BYU TV, and, and we're off and running. I, th- I saw ESPN thing last night. 
um, where they were showing the teams that are predicted to win the fewest number of games this year, and Sam Houston over-under was 3.5. It's their first year at this level yeah. of football, and, and they're going to find out that it's and a they, little harder. And they play aggressive schedule. So yeah. three three 3.5. Uh, they're counting on BYU handling Sam Houston, as we all are. Pro Football Focus put out their Big 12 power rankings this week. I wanted to get your opinion on that. They yeah. got Texas number one, Oklahoma number the, two. Let's clarify. This is the Big 12. Big 12. Not right. number one in the country. Right. That's never anybody but Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Texas didn't win it last year, but they're picked back at the top, as they always are. Right. Uh, Oklahoma there. TCU at number three. Then you go down to number 10, mm-hmm. and there's BYU. Interesting, behind BYU, they have Texas Tech, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Kansas. Four teams on BYU schedule. So what does, that, what does that tell you? They expect BYU to beat those four. And if they do, they only need one more. Uh, and they're looking at a seven and five season. Yeah. So we, we've been talking about realistic expectations saying, hey, in this first year as they make this transition, um, they got to stay healthy. But if they could win six or seven games and get to a bowl, it would be a remarkable start. Um, well, Pro Football Focus is saying they're getting four league wins right there. And... Uh, we're, we're just going to assume that they beat Sam Houston and SUU. There's six right there. Right. You're telling me they can't win a c- couple more? I'm so, telling so, you, they, if they do that, they can win. And, and now they believe they can win. Why right. can't they win a whole bunch more? Are we, are we underestimating them? I don't know. Are we just being cautious? The power rank, rankings for those guys, they have BYU at, yeah. at number 10. Hey, uh, Mike from Beaumont, Texas on with us. Yeah. Good to have you here, Mike. All over the... We, so, our span tonight, like Hawaii to Texas, to Philippines, to the Philippines, and Colombia is going to be checking in here shortly. Yeah, come on, Colombia and Panama, where are you guys tonight? <laughs> and and come on, Corey, let's get in here from Japan. What's going on? He might be getting ready to go over to the British Open. Yeah, he probably is. A couple of weeks, he probably is. So. Uh, CB, College Football Focus put out their top ten transfer quarterbacks for twenty twenty three. A couple of familiar names on here, and then and then Keaton Slovis is in this group. Yeah, so so n- number one they have is Sam Hartman. Um, Notre Dame uh, via Wake Forest. And so he was he, really good at Wake Forest. Very good at Wake Forest, and they throw the ball around. And uh, so is Notre Dame now going to do the run and shoot? I don't. No, I don't think Can so. Can they do that? Because no, Notre Dame's more of a ball control mentality because they have a defensive minded head coach. Yeah. And so I just. But he's very. He's very skilled. He's really good. He's number one. Number five, Brendan Armstrong. Remember him? Yeah. Do I remember him? Like, could BYU stop that guy from completing a ball? And the good news is, is they couldn't, they couldn't stop BYU from completing <laughs> no, a ball was, either. He was at Virginia, and, and remember, he got hurt yeah. after his second interception, and, uh, but, but BYU had kind of taken over at that point. Yeah, he's at NC State um, you know, via, via Virginia. We were exhausted after that game. Yeah. That was that an was exhausting an game. So. And, then, and then number eight, coming in at number eight, so top, top ten is, is Keaton Slovis, BYU's Keaton Slovis uh, via Pittsburgh. An interesting story at Pittsburgh. Didn't really a lot of the promises they made him about changes in the offense. They didn't follow through on, including he, the coordinator that right. brought him there. Who they, left. They said, yep. And so like he, it ended up being a. You and I had a really good conversation with Keaton where he talked about how different his approach was this time as he was choosing where to go for this last season to prepare himself for the NFL. And man, he was very thoughtful, and and he even said the very the very first school I chose, USC. Um, you know, he was one of the top five rated quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. USC comes and makes an offer. And he says, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, USC, yeah, we, we take that, right? Yeah. They get all these great guys, we go. And he says, I didn't think about how would I fit into the culture, which you didn't love. Um, is this offense going to prepare me? Uh, like, there's all these things that, that he considered this time. And I love the things that he considered um, because he decided that he loves the culture at BYU. 
Right. And, and I'm telling you, now, several months later, he still loves the culture at BYU, and his teammates love him. Yeah, he's running around there Monday like, he, yeah. like he's been like here. Like he's been life. here for four years. And so culture was important to him. Style of play was important to him. A coach that would develop him for the NFL was important to him. And a team that can win was important to him. And he feels like he got all of that with BYU. A very calculated decision. And Keaton Slovis had a lot of options and came to BYU. Linda's in with us from Colorado, and Steve is with us tonight from New Hampshire. And uh, uh, we got the Courtney Northeast says we're the, the coolest. That's my daughter, Court. So that's good for we got. Oh, she thanks. says we're the coolest. Thanks, thanks Court. Appreciate that. Should we bring in our, our uh, headliner? Tonight? Oh, we've, we've held yes. off everyone as long as we could. Uh, it is uh, our pleasure. Our guest tonight is listed among the most notable people ever to come out of Ulysses, Kansas. I Google it, and that's what I found. She is the executive vice president of Deseret Management Corp., which, among other things, includes Bonneville International, which includes KSL TV and KSL News Radio, Deseret News, and Deseret Book. DMC is the for-profit arm of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The BYU grad is among the most loyal Cougar fans in the world, and we have been counting down to this night. We welcome Sherry Dew to the Wise Guys. How you doing? Nice to be with you. And as you listed all those people have been on, I thought, well, what in the heck were you guys thinking when you invited me? I They're just, just thought, the warm-up band. It. That's the warm-up like, band. Nuts. We've, been building, nuts. we've been building for 55 weeks <laughs> yeah. to get to this. I, yeah, sure. I saw, you, I saw Sherry a few weeks ago. Right, at, at, with Steve um, Young. Yeah, at Steve's thing. And uh, I told her, like, we've been, we've been building for this. We've been pumped about getting her on and having you on the show. We're really excited to have you here. Seriously, nice when, here. when you Google... Notable people from Ulysses. Your name pops right up in the top five. That's yes. because there's more cows in the county I came from than people. That's why. You were born in Big 12 country, but on the other yeah. side of the state, yeah. uh, where BYU will play Kansas in Lawrence on September 23rd in the first ever Big 12 game for BYU. Over all these years, did you ever think this day would come? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. I, I mean, we grew up watching KU basketball, not football. Right. I mean, right. But watching KU basketball, my dad was a huge KU fan. We became huge KU fans. In fact, you know, we were super active in the little branch of the church that was in Ulysses, Kansas. I'm not sure when I realized that KU basketball wasn't actually a part of the church. I mean, we were as, (laughs) it was such a big deal, right? And still is. And still Still is so we've been watching. So I've been watching elite basketball my whole life. I yeah, mean, I mean honestly, that, that league that was the big eight then, right? Yeah, just the that's big eight, right. right? The, the, the league the <laughs> last 10 years, all but one year in the power rankings, has been the rated the best basketball league in all of America, and so, hands down, yeah. Right? And, and so it's so fun to, for BYU to have these schools and for BYU fans to be marching through the Marriott Center in basketball uh, and in football be every week. Crazy, yeah. it's going to be crazy. In reverse, Sherry, all of a sudden now, BYU is going to be going to these markets um, in Big 12 country right. where they haven't been before. Right. On a, on a regular basis, they're going to be in the Midwest. How important is that for, for BYU fans that have, like you, grew up yeah. kind of distanced from it? I think it's going to be awesome for so many reasons. I think it's great for its owner, the church. I think it's great for BYU, the institution. I think it's great for the people in the Midwest. Honestly, that whole area of the Midwest will resonate with BYU and its values and its style of play. Yeah. Now, look, 
I'm listening to you guys talk about how many games are we going to win, and I'm thinking. Yeah, we're going to ask you that question coming oh, up. So yeah, don't, I don't ponder we, that we, we, one. We try not to even <laughs> predict in basketball. We did a few weeks ago, but we stay away from basketball because that's a bigger challenge. That's a little than different. Football, right? football you know, football is going to be tough too. But um, and, and Blaine and I have traveled with the team for years, and the team comes in, the the community's elevated. You know, yeah. you they used to have firesides on Friday night, all this stuff. Mass amounts of BYU fans at the stadium, and they're gone, and maybe never come back. Like we may never play at Michigan again. We might not ever right. play at Wisconsin again. Right. But now BYU comes back, back every other year, and yeah. if they're not here, the basketball team is, or the yeah. volleyball team, or and and it, it seems like it could be a game changer for for a lot of folks. I think it's a game changer for um, any BYU fan who lives in the Midwest. I think it's a game changer. I frankly think it's a game changer for members of the sponsoring institution, yeah. the church. I think that's a huge deal because the church isn't huge there. But I also think BYU, I think it's a step up in the Big 12. I mean, we got to be realistic. And my mind goes first to basketball because I've been watching KU all these years. And, boy, I think that's a leap. That's, yeah. that's playing Gonzaga every week. Right. right. It is. And yeah, if a Gonzaga had to play Gonzaga every week, they wouldn't be as good as yeah. they are. <laughs> I mean, think about all the notable P5 victories we've got. We've got some fabulous victories, but we haven't been playing a P5 schedule. Every single week. And, yeah. and, and football, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. Um, this independence period has been a great transition because yeah. they played seven P5 games I mean, we, we, we say they won the Pac-12 two years ago because they went <laughs> yeah, 5 Yeah, I said that yeah. too. <laughs> so our friends in Salt Lake City frowned at us like it. when yeah. we say it. But we don't really care if they don't like it. So, but, but, but not... It's our podcast. You know, <laughs> but, but, but in basketball, the Mountain West, or, or the Mountain West and then the WCC, it's, it's not close to no. the Big 12. It's a, it's a much bigger jump, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just is. It's a, it, well, think about it. Just, let's just take KU. It is perennially in the top ten. It's usually in the top five. Yeah. And they can't run the table in the Big 12. Right. Any given game, uh, K-State can beat them. K-State, what did they do? Make it into the Elite Eight this yeah, last year? Yeah, they were great. Year, the right? last couple years they've been great. They had a great team. And, and uh, Baylor, I mean, haven't, hasn't the Big 12 won last, two of the last three? Yes. In basketball. So, oh, boy, yeah. it's in a very elite level. It, it, it's a stretch. I, we realize there's, and we talk sports a lot. We talk other things too, but we realize there's things of greater importance around the world, right? But but you rub shoulders with a lot of church leadership in your role. Um, how do they see this Big Twelve opportunity uh, for the church's largest university to to send its you know send its folks out to the alumni, and make a difference in those communities when BYU comes into town, like especially with football, they do service projects in yeah. these communities. There's a yeah. lot of visibility. Is, is there a buzz about it up in, in, in church leadership? I hear a buzz. I would never presume to speak for the leaders of the church right. at all. I do hear a buzz. I think there's a lot of anticipation, a lot of hope. But can I answer that a different way? Yeah. yeah. Because as I, was, as I was driving here down here today, I was thinking about a couple of experiences that, uh, one that is quite a few years ago and one that was uh, more recent, that talks about the potential here in terms of the church. Now, if we're talking about the sponsoring institution. So first of all, let's go back to the, Latin, the national championship series. I mean, season. The following. You guys are too young to probably remember this, but the following fall, when Sports Illustrated did its um, collegiate preview of fo football, inside what was there? There's this huge article. I think it spanned five or six pages by Gary Smith, 
and it featured three missionaries who were on the BYU team who missed the national championship season because they're out teaching the gospel. The opening spread is of a guy standing, I think he was standing in Lake Titicaca, in his whites, with a guy who's going to be baptized in his whites. There's like this Peruvian-looking boat in the back. It's very exotic. <laughs> and the whole article is about missionary work. Come on, you can't buy that kind of stuff, no, right? No, no. It's, but it happened because they won. Yeah. Great, great exposure. I love that she thinks I'm way younger than I am. So Blaine was on the '84 team. So when Robbie, and the got, oh, right. when Robbie got knocked out that's of the right. when Robbie now, got knocked out of the game, you're right. Very, I am so much younger he's than so Blaine. Much younger you are right. Like but Blaine was on it. When Robbie got knocked out of that game, that's right. How a very, did I forget A very that? young version of me came into that game against Michigan. <laughs> so yeah, no, oh. No, I, do you remember that Sharon. article? I always love Sharon. Now she's now, moved to the top of the list. Like maybe my favorite person in the so, world right now. Do you remember that article, though? Yeah, it was amazing. Just and everything that came from I that. even talked to the, to the article. Uh, Gary Smith was the writer. I called him and said, tell me about that thing. And he said, man, I can't believe you're missionaries. Right? Because he had gone and lived with three of them for a little while. Yeah. He said, I felt so bad that they missed the season, but man, I can't believe you're missionaries. So again, you can't buy that kind of stuff, yeah. but it happened because you guys won. Yeah. yeah. And you have to win to get it. And, and on, right. on the March that season, um, as we, as we made it our way into the top 10 and then to the top five, this Cinderella story, there were national articles all the time. And, and if you go back and, and look at that, rarely, if ever, was there not a mention of the sponsoring institution. Right. Right? So they, they talked about the affiliation with the church. Um, I, I remember we we had one game left um, to play in, in the regular season, and, and we were going to go out and play Utah State. We didn't play Utah the last game that year, which was interesting. And we got invited to come up uh, and have dinner up in the Joseph Smith building. I can't, what, what was it then? It's just Hotel, Hotel Utah. Utah. Hotel Utah. Yeah. yeah. With, with the Quorum of the Twelve and the First Presidency. And... We went up there, and I'll never forget Mark Bellini, who was not a member of the church at the time. He's just, all of our non-member teammates were just kind of big-eyed, and, and Elder Perry came up to Mark, and the first thing he said, oh, Mark Bellini, wow, your picture was in Sports Illustrated this week. And he walked away, and Mark says, your general authorities read Sports Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was the coolest thing. That was the start to Mark getting baptized right there. But uh, so, cool. so there, were, there was a lot of... Um, internal uh, uh, conversions that happened during those times with players from all over the country that came in that were not uh, members of, of the, uh, the faith, that converted to the faith. There's also a number of members that have come through the program over the years. We've had the great Reverend Derwin Gray on uh, right. a couple yeah. of times on the show. Yeah. And, great and guy. D Derwin has great gone guy. out to North Carolina and, and uh, is... Uh, made a difference. Made, made a huge difference in yeah. the world. Even though it, he, he didn't convert... Um, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he went and made a difference in the world, and he teaches of Christ and does great things. And the programs had a great reach. That reach has come because they win. Yeah, so, so one other example about that is after Tanner Mangum throws the last second thing to Mitch Matthews in, in Nebraska, right? Mm -hmm. right? Like a couple of weeks later, I'm walking through the VIP tent at halftime, and they're showing ESPN and everything that's the halftime show, and what are they featuring? They're showing... Tanner Mangum in his missionary name tag walking on the back streets of a Chilean village. Yeah. And so these ESPN guys, not, not KSL, not the Desperate News, it's ESPN talking about how cool that was that he served this Mormon, sorry, President Nelson, Mormon <laughs> mission. Yeah. 
And again, you can't buy that kind of endorsement or that kind of thing, but it happened because they won. You got to win to get that kind of attention. Is, is that why there is an emphasis uh, to keep sports at BYU? One, it's self-sufficient, operates in the black. That's probably a big, big reason, <laughs> and especially now with, with Big 12 money coming. But um, and, and we had some questions on our live stream of people wanting us to ask you that. From your take, the commitment to keep sports alive at BYU, for some reason everyone worries about it just because sports used to be at Rick's College and now yeah. it's not at, at BYU-Idaho. Yeah. But uh, what do you, what's your take on that? I, I don't know, and I have no background, inside knowledge. I know that every chance I get, I can say, no, let me say it this way. Um, I do interact with senior brethren a lot. Yeah. Um, when they see me coming, they know it's, there's going to be an opening conversation about either BYU football or basketball. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest. Yeah. And I just think the trend, this is now me speaking, not me quoting anybody else. I think sports transcends. It, it gets somebody out of getting all worried about the faith or the doctrine or something else. And it allows somebody to experience our kids and what we stand for in a different sort of way. So I'm picturing the picture of our, of our soccer team, the girls, the ladies soccer team, on the weekend they're playing for the national championship, right. and they're lined up in front of a meeting house. They've gone to church on Sunday, right? Yeah. That's a different, it's just a different thing. It gives you a different talking point. So it gives you a chance to talk about who we are, but it kind of transcends it too in a way that it takes away the... It takes away the awkwardness for those who feel awkward talking about religion. Yeah. So I just think that trend, sports, if you win, and if you mm -hmm. show good sportsmanship, both on the field and in the stadium, I think it transcends and gives us a chance to show who we are as a people. You know, we, so I'm a believer. I'm right. a total believer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say amen, amen to that for, for sure, Sherry. We had an interesting experience last year as we're kicking off the Big 12. Um, the opener last year, even though it wasn't a Big 12 season, was Baylor and, and BYU Stadium. So we do a game day special. Yeah, there. Yeah. We sent, it was great. It was a hot yeah. night. It was we, great. But, but we sent a full crew down to Baylor University for a week down there. And we shot stories about the good things that they're doing on their campus. And cool. we interviewed a lot of their leaders of the university. And, uh, and then on our show, our live show, our two-hour pregame show, we had um, the commissioner of the Big 12, but we also had the president of Baylor University. And when we got done, we were having a visit. And she was just like, I, I can't get over that you guys sent a crew down and that you're, she says, that, that, care that we about care. Us. That, yeah. that we, and I think it's important that BYU does that for yeah. everyone, that they show, listen, our arms are open for everybody to come onto this campus and to see what we're all about and to, to see our sportsmanship and see the kind of the, the kids that we put out on the field and do all of that. And um, they were very, very impressed and voiced that to us. And, and then she said, uh, President said, uh, this is going to be a really, really good relationship because BYU is probably the closest to us in this league and hmm. some of the standards and the way we like to operate things. I can see this being a really, really good partnership moving forward. Hmm. I thought that was great. It's, it's, it's a awesome. year away, and that was the comment she made to us. Yeah, so you know awesome. what? BYU TV is going to every campus this year yep. on the schedule. We'll have the same stuff. That's fabulous. And it's just a, it's a way, it's an icebreaker, but it also shows that we mean business and that we're nice. You know, and it's well, and then we care about them, and then we yeah. care about them, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sherry Dews, author, executive, public speaker, concert pianist on The Wise Guys Tonight. 
live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. If we had a piano down here, we'd ask yeah. you to I play. want to know, she, she should have accompanied my Libby when she sang a couple weeks ago. Yeah, hey. she should have. She should have done it. Let's get to, are you ready to talk about Just some so good, good stuff? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Last week, we had Delaney Gibb on the show. She's the number two player in Canada, made her commitment to play at BYU just a few minutes before our interview. She's 5'10". Seems appropriate. We have another 5'10 basketball star on the show tonight, and that's you. You're it. Uh, what, before we get into star details, so we're using loosely. Star. We're using it. Uh, wow. What is it about that game that you love so much? Basketball? Yeah. Um, I think it's because... To me, it is the ultimate sport. I think you can say this about any sport. But to me, it's the ultimate sport that you can shine as a player. You want players to shine. You want them to be the best they can be. But if you don't play as a team, you don't win. You just do not win. We could look at any number of really great teams with a lot of talent, and they never pull off a championship because they just, well, I would, uh, do I dare say this? Uh, oh, do well, it. It's, it's Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Right. Yeah. A classic case. Both great guys, both great players. Couldn't pull off. Couldn't pull get off. out of the first round. Couldn't get out of the first round. Right. They, how is, they, how they, is, could, they couldn't <laughs> figure out how to complement one another. Yeah. Not, not on the floor, not off the floor. <laughs> like, they just couldn't complement And it's just another. really sad, and I don't know why that happens, but sometimes it does. So I love that you have to play as a team, and I love that you want to shine. You want everybody to shine. But nobody shines every night. Tyler Haas didn't shine every night. Yeah. Yoli Childs didn't shine every night. Devin Durant, Durant didn't shine every night. But they shined a lot. Mm-hmm. And you want that, but you've got to play as a team. And sometimes, like I was really impressed. I kept thinking about, um, was it Jackson Emery who played alongside of Jimmer? Jimmer. Yep. Yeah. Great think, defender. Yeah. And, and probably could have been a, a greater scorer. Yeah. But... He let Jimmer have the deal. And I kept thinking, that's kind of amazing. And he did a game after game after game. I thought, okay, he's, he's accepted a role, and he's playing the role, and he's playing it really well. I and don't he, know. I and think he's that's having a good time because yeah, they're winning. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, so that tells you how Sherry watches the game, right? It's like, so you, you pick up things that just a casual fan doesn't see. So I was doing, I was doing a Colorado State-BYU game for NBC over in Colorado, and Tim Miles was the head coach of Colorado State. And, uh, and I said, what, how do you stop Jimmer in this game? And he goes, you know what? Everybody's Jimmer, Jimmer, Jimmer. He goes, don't get me wrong. Jimmer's great. He goes, the guy that drives me nuts is Jackson Emery. Yeah. And I said, why Jackson Emery? He says, I've never seen a kid just decide to dial up a game-changing defensive play anytime he wants. Yeah. He says, Jimmer will come down, get a little loose with the ball, turn the ball over. And Jackson Emery will go right down to the other end of the floor and take it and, back. And get the ball back. And just like yeah. nullify yeah. The, the mistake that was made. And he goes, I've never seen a defender be able to decide when they're going to make a big play and go make it. And he goes, so he says, I think Jackson Emery is the most underrated player in the league. But he knew that that was his role. So he took great pride in that role. Yeah. And, and Sherry's exactly right. Like, what they win, 28 games, yeah. 29 yeah. games? Yeah, and, and so you've, you've got to yeah. have everybody that understands what they're supposed to do to complement one another and then watch each other shine to be good. Right? And look, I still believe that if Brandon Davies had been able to play right. all the way through the tournament, I think that was a... It was for sure an Elite Eight team, yeah. and it yeah. might have been higher. Absolutely. Could have been our that, only Final Four. Oh, yeah. I know. So I still close. grieve about so. that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's reported that... That when you're a senior year in high school, you average 23 and 17. 23 points and 17 boards. Yeah, probably. So That's so, what we want to talk about. That's what we want to talk about. Let's talk about that. 
What I, was? What I don't was know. Your... Where do you even get that? I don't even know where you get it, that. But it, that could it, have been. It's hey, we in studied. the cloud. It's... We studied. It's up there. It's yeah. out there. So twenty-three and seventeen. Uh, what's your What's your favorite memory, or may, maybe your greatest moment in basketball? And, and what was Ulysses? What was your mascot? Ulysses Tigers. The Tigers. The Tigers. Yeah. Right. With the most horrible looking orange uniforms on <laughs> planet Earth. Really pretty bad. Nobody looks good in orange. Um, you know, as strange as it may sound, I, I mean, we take basketball in Kansas pretty seriously, right. including for girls. And that long ago. I mean, that's a long time ago, you guys. And, and uh, probably the most vivid memory for me is, um, and this is like, Eighth grade. This isn't even high school. We were playing our arch rival. They were so good, and it was tied. And one was a you know you're switching the lead back and forth in, in the last quarter. And uh, I hit like ten free throws in a row. Drives me crazy. When people can't make free throws, I I can't. <laughs> I do not understand how college guys can't make free throws. Okay, that's a whole nother topic. I'll we'll get me. We'll get me off. So you make 10 in a row. And then I went up for a rebound and came down on my ankle wrong. And I mean, by the time I got off the court, it was the size of a cantaloupe. It was just, Mm. it was gone. I'd stripped some tendons and stuff and and we lost. But I still remember the grief of, because I knew we could have won that game. I couldn't believe I hit those free throws in a row. Didn't miss a one. And then I couldn't finish the game. So there's something about that. I mean, again, that wasn't even, I was, that's not even like your senior year when there's some big thing that happens. For, there's some reason the regret about that and not being able to finish it out is probably my most vivid memory. So if you're averaging 23 points, then there were probably some nights when you had 40. What, yeah. what was your biggest scoring night? Uh, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. There were so many? I had a lot of games in, my, in the 30s. In the 30s? Yeah. What, what, was, what was it? Were you, wherever you, were you like Jim, where you could score wherever you were in the floor? I could move around the basket. Yeah. I could move around the basket, and I had a jump shot that was just inside, just inside the free throw line in that arc. I had, a, I had a turnaround jump shot that was maybe just a little before. Look, some of my best friends in high school were the guys that played on the, on the high school basketball team. So I went and said, show me how to do that. And so I would go, after they were done with the practice, I'd go into the gym and say, hey, show me how you do that. <laughs> so I was trying to play like the guys play. Well, girls can't play quite like the guys play for sure. But they showed me some of their moves and I could do some of that. And it was probably a little bit before some of the other, some of the other girls caught into that. Today, yeah, I would be nothing. <laughs> Mid-range game. Mid-range. Like, we, we always talk about Tyler Hawes, BYU's all-time leading scorer, and... The lost art of the mid-range game, you know, shooting from the elbow and especially and, if you can turn around and shoot with a quick release. Yeah. And so many people, it's hard to defend. Ki- kids grow up today, and they get out on the three-point line and they just shoot a hundred threes. Yeah. And then they go try to dunk, and if they can't dunk, they get a mini tramp and dunk. All they want to do is dunk and shoot threes. Yeah. The lost art of the today, mid-range game. Today, in and, today's game, the three-pointer gets a bigger rush from the crowd than the dunk. Than dunk. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's from way out there. Well, it's beautiful. Let's just say, what's what's a more beautiful sound than swish? Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's, or the, it's how just, about the chain net? Out the, the net. Yeah. 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 In the, the park, ching. the chain net, there's nothing like so, that. So, um, in this dominance, uh, you're also, like, shy. And we'll talk about Very what, shy. what kept you off the floor at BYU. That's, that's coming up. How do you how do you average twenty three and seventeen as like the the shyest person in school? Um, I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't shy on the court. It was. It uh, felt like I. It felt like home to me. It felt like I belonged. Yeah. So I felt like I had a place there. 
you know, and you, you kind of start to meld as a team and then you feel like you belong. It's the shyness is the, I'm still shy. I'm still socially shy, but I've learned how to deal with it. And once you get past the initial introduction, then I'm not shy, right? It, yeah, once you get past sure. and start to have the connection, then you go, okay, okay, we can do this. But yeah, I'm still, to this day, I'm a little bit awkward. So when you, when you were playing in your playing days, were, you were not shy on the bench then. So anytime no. you were that team, no. you were a leader on the team. It wasn't, hey, I just step over that line and I'm on the court. Now, now I'm a terror. But as soon as I step off the court, I'm shy. It was... In your comfortable surroundings, yeah. When when you were confident with your abilities and your relationships, well, you those were shy. my friends, right? They became my friends, right? Yeah. And and it's not like I was like the standout. It's there were several of us that were probably the the core around which the team formed. You know, it's that nucleus that has to. Right. That's sure. what you have to do. You have to have a team. You have to have a group that will play together. And some days you are the high. You do have the high score, and because of the matchup you have, you just do better. And sometimes you're feeding to the other guy, and that was okay. Well, however, it worked was fine. How did, how did you? This be interesting. How did you overcome that that shyness the, to to break the ice to to be out there? You've been in really visible positions for a long long time now. How does a shy person cope end with up? It? Yeah, how do you cope with that? Is it, is it not a constant conflict? It's a constant conflict, and it's hard for me to this day. And people don't believe it. So I'm I was not shy on the court. And I'm not shy behind a pulpit. If I'm invited to do something, then I'm not shy to do it. But for me to suggest and put myself forward, yeah, I would never do that. I, I don't have it in me. You, you have written about a life lesson you learned in 1971 when there was a spot open on the BYU women's basketball team and you did not take it, go yeah. after it. Yeah, classic. Uh, and, and, and then uh, you've talked about never hiding your talents as a lesson from yeah. that, uh, if you could have a do-over, would you oh, be there gosh. for the first day? Yeah, yeah. In when I, yeah, when I learned that they played that whole season one player short, and and literally Elaine Michaelis said to me, "I think I was looking for you." Well, who knows if I could have made the team? I don't know. Oh, who knows you, if you I could have made, made the team? The but twenty-three and seventeen is yeah, you could have been. And and when I think of basketball, high school basketball. The two states that come to mind for me are Indiana and Kansas. Yeah. It's yeah. good basketball yeah. in those states and always has been. Yes, so that's true. If, and this you're going, if you're 23 and 17 in the state of Kansas, you can play at BYU. And Kansas. it was just a couple years before. But I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And looking in the, and looking, cracking open the gym door in the Richards PE building where they're, and I'm going, oh man, those girls look really good. I don't think I can do it. And I just, I, I just like I froze. I couldn't go in. And, and, that, I, and it kills me that I made that mistake. And now you stare into the eyes of young women all over the world and you say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Step out. Say, okay, ask for help. Ask for God's help. Pray. Ask for courage. But don't do that and then wonder for years if you could have made it. And I would have never found out about that opening, by the way, if I hadn't been speaking to all the, the girls on scholarship in the various, at a thing down here. Yeah. And I thought, I think I'm going to tell them how much I envy them and how proud I am of them, really. How envious I am that they've been able to do something I kind of always wish I could. I, th I think I'll tell them that story, which I had never told. Hmm. And Elaine Michaels happened to be sitting in the audience, and that's when she said, uh, you want to know something about that team? Here's the yeah, rest what? of the story. It was the rest of the story. Yeah. Wow. 
You, you t- it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like with, with kids as they're growing up, um, I'm interested in your take on this as well. As parents, one of our responsibilities, I feel like, is to get to help them with confidence, to not be afraid to go out there, to build them up and say, you can do this, like you belong, go, you know, to not give them unrealistic expectations, but to give them the confidence to, to get out there and put themselves out there. And that, that's hard, that's hard to do sometimes because the world beats them down all the time. Friends tell them they're no good. The world tells them they're no good. And I feel like in the home, we need to be a force for, for positivity. What, what, what's your thought on that? Um, you know, I, uh, obviously I've never had the chance to have my own kids and, and wonder how I would have handled that. And, uh, it's one of the great, uh, sadnesses for me of my life, but I will say this, I'm watching my nieces and nephews now raise their kids. Right. Yeah. And honestly, some of these, uh, nieces and nephews of mine are, are amazing parents. And one of the things I see a number of them doing that I think is really profound is giving their kids a chance to try a lot of things. Let's try a lot of things. Let's see what you're good at. Let's see what you like. Let's see what you resonate with. And then really, but but giving them a broad exposure. uh, And again, our whole family is sports. I've I've got a sister that would tell you she's way better than I ever was. (laughs) And she might actually have been. I never like to admit that, but I think she probably was better than I was. And all my, I mean, my, I think both my brothers were all state and something or other. So we're a sports family. Yeah. I love watching them give their kids opportunities to say, do you want to rock climb? Do you want to play soccer? Do you want to go to the gym and figure out what it's like to, to start to kind of get fit, even when you're just kind of little? Do you want to learn to play this? Do you want to learn to play that? So for me, part of it is exposure to say, what, what do you resonate with? And yeah, we like to we we like to do things with our bodies. We like to see if we can excel and to give them an idea about that without making them feel like they have to win the championship. So I don't know how you do that as a parent. I've never had the chance to try it. But I'm watching some members of my family kind of do it in an amazing way. Yeah. Do um do you still have your shot? Um I got bad knees. But you can still shoot free throws. You went 10, 10 in a row. Can you still shoot the free throws? That's a great question. I had to go try. I've got, <laughs> I, uh, I still have a pretty, well, there's a, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. I actually tied Jimmer in a game of horse. It's on YouTube. Oh, I believe man, that. I'm going to go watch that. I believe that. We had Amber Whiting here uh, a couple weeks ago with her daughter, Amari. If you were to line up with Amber and shoot 10 free throws, she'd probably, you? she'd probably beat me because the spring you need kind of in your, you don't know, realize what your knees do until they don't work. Yeah. Amen. And one yeah, of them's I been, know. One, <laughs> one of them's been replaced and the other one needs to be, I'm not sure she'd beat me. She would beat me now. But back in the day, no way. Back yeah. in the day, I think we, I could we, have we helped, asked, whole, had, I think Amber, I could have held my own. Her, her daughter who's a, one of the top yeah. recruits in the country and, and an All-American. I can't wait and to watch said, her play. We said, we, and we were thinking about the two of them. We we're like, who's who's the best? And they both go, Trent. That's the, that's their dad. Trent who was, who was a, one of the best shooters ever at BYU. And they're like, yeah. dad. Yeah. Uh, we go, okay. ESPN uh, ranks Jimmer number 24 among the top 25 college basketball players in the last 25 years. Where would you rank him? 
Last 25 years, top 25 players. They got him at 24. There's a lot of great players that have come and gone. Yeah, really. Jimmer in his day was the best in the country. Yeah, the national the player of the year. Award. What do you think? Where would he fit? Where would you put him in your top 25? There's so many amazing players. I think anybody that makes him the top 25, that'd be an honor. So I'm okay about that. Okay, at 24? Yeah. Our pleasure to have Sherry Dew on The Wise Guys tonight, former second counselor in the General Relief Society presidency of the church and has written more books than anybody we know. How many books have you written? I don't know. I you don't even know. I don't know. It's yeah. a, I, 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 and the last thing I was, this world I saw at least needs 30. is another, no, no, I, no, I thought, no. I think I saw at least 30. No, no. Because I worked up on your page and there was like no, volumes. No, no. Oh, yeah. Volumes. No, no. How hard is it to write a book? Horrible. Is it is the, the hardest thing to come up with an idea or then to uh, take an idea and make it like yeah. you know, 30 chapters? Yeah, yes, yeah, just horrible. <laughs> these these people that say they just live to write and they can't wait to write, I go, yeah, I've never experienced that. It's torture. It's torture. It's really hard. Well, listen, my, you've my, tortured I, yourself a whole lot. Yeah, I, I looked at that. I looked at that I whole know. list, and I'm, I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, and, and my favorite title was, "If life were easy, yeah, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be hard." hard. Yeah. And other reassuring truths. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now that see that just that title just makes me go, yeah, I got it. I got to read that one. Yeah, I no. have to read that one. There's another one uh, uh, had to do with the the line between North and South Korea. As to which side of the line... That's the name of a talk. Uh, that's the name of a talk. Oh. Um, could have been a book. I can't remember Which what side it. of the line, but it had to do with... The Lord's side of the line. Living on the Lord's side of the that's line. Right. That's right. That was a good one. I was looking at titles and how they might apply to football, and a couple, oh. of, those, a couple of those came up. You, you, it's interesting that you say it's a miserable experience for you, yet... So you worked your way up. Like, as I'm looking through your career track... You've held every job in publishing. I mean, you started as an assistant editor, and you just like have just worked your way up through to where now you run the whole thing. You just learn, and, and you and you have to encourage writers, though. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell them it's miserable. This is a terrible experience. I don't know why you want to even do it, right? No, no, no. It's just not for you, but it is for some people. How, how do you encourage them, and how do you how do you get the most out of them as you as you help them write? So, so here's what I do. Here's why I do care about it. I care about communicating. I think communicating is really awesome. What you do is really awesome. You're communicating. And, and while you two are talking about sports, which is something that a whole bunch of us really love, you're also communicating without being banging in somebody up the side of the head with a skillet. You're communicating values and things that are important and all this sort of thing. So to me, that's what you're doing when you're trying. The most important work I've done in publishing is helping other people. It's stuff you'll never know. Yeah. It's authors that I've worked with and helped bring out the best in them to say, what do you have to say and let's help you communicate your message. Now that I like, that I care about. Now I have a book coming out with Deseret Book yeah. at Christmas time. <clears throat> um, my ABCs with BYU, it's a kid's book. And I'll tell you how it came about. I was, I was reading ABC books with my grandkids and I thought, why isn't there a... They're Utah State fans up there. And why isn't there a BYU book? And I searched out. I was on a morning walk, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to put one together. And I came home, and I told Diane, my wife over there, and I said, I'm going to, you know what? I want to put a book together. I'm going to send a text to Sherry Dew and see if she thinks it's a good idea. And, and Diane was like, yeah, right. Like, Sherry Dew's going to answer you. Uh, and Your husband's and, a big deal. That's and why. So I, so I sent it, and like two minutes later, ding, and it's Sherry. She goes, great idea. I'll buy the first 20. And I just took the phone over, and I just handed it to Diane, and I said, Richard, read this. And then it was on. But uh, I'll buy the first 20 if you'll sign them. You got it. But it was the, the when you said you encourage, 
Um, there's such a big difference between encouraging and discouraging because no one really knows how to do it. But when you yeah. hear from someone who does, it says, That's I think idea. we got something here. And then all of a sudden <clears throat> we go and do the work and it happens. Uh, and so I'm an example of what you just brought up that, that your encouragement to, to people, whether it's book writing or in any of your talks or books or, or any of that stuff is significant in the lives of many. You just want to help people, um, maximize their talent and build it and and to me that's the that's the best part that's the part i like the most did, did you help steve with this new book that he wrote about uh, about love steve steve young he, he, i know it's public you, you guys yeah. published it but yeah it's, uh the president of desert book who is laurel day reports to me and she and i worked with steve uh steve reached out to me first i've known steve for a long time he said hey i've got an idea what do you think and it was that sort of thing he said i'm going to send you a, so he sent me a couple of chapters and I read the chapter and said, yeah, there's something here. Oh, this so is good. really powerful. So then, again, it's a privilege to work back and forth and talk about, okay, how about a little bit more of this? What do you think about that? And, and that's, the role, that's the role an editor plays. That's the role a publisher plays is trying to help you to pull out of you the best that's in you because nobody, nobody, can, like, nobody can do it all by themselves. You need someone else to say, I mean, I have the people I turn to. That if I'm working on something, I'll send it to him and say, yeah, yeah, no. This, no this is. Someone's looked at you and said, Sherry, that's a bad idea. Has that ever my, happened? Oh, yeah. They my, say, well, I have no idea why you're excited about this, Sherry. You need to shut this down. This is the best line from my very dearest friend whom I trust implicitly. And she said, uh, this wouldn't even make a good gospel doctrine lesson. Uh, start over. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her, uh, it's not ready for anybody to read. No, no, no. I said, I'm sure it's better than, than you say it is. Nope, it's not better than you said it is. It's it would make a pretty snoozy gospel doctrine lesson. You uh, got a ways to go. So you want somebody like that who will tell you, right? Yeah, no, this isn't cutting it yet. Keep going. That's what Dave and I do for each other. Yeah, we'll say <laughs> so, that time. No, I'm, I'm his biggest fan on on writing though, and what people don't realize is that. Uh, being in, in broadcast journalism, journalism is part of that term, right? And so Dave, over the years, has had to write so many scripts for the shows that we yeah. that we do and and so and now writing with the desert news like we always talk and i always brag about he's a great writer and i see all the other writing that he does over 30 years plus yeah. that we've worked together and you can't do this job without being able to write yeah writing is so important and know? and i and tell people that byu wouldn't win the national championship without blaine yeah. so we we, so we, we go each other for works out which <laughs> is true right we support <laughs> each true. other tell me if i cheated though on steve's book so my son-in-law, Dallas, Libby's husband, you met Libby a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, he read the book, um, and Dallas and Libby lived with Steve and Barb for a while, and, and so he read the book. He said, this book is phenomenal. So he sent it out to Brenda and I to read, and I said, well, I have to see if I'm, I'm going to read this. And he had all kinds of notes and things, like all through the chapters and all the margins. So I first went through and read all of his notes, all of Dallas's notes. And then I thought, oh, man, this is really something. So now I'm starting over, and I'm going to read the whole book. Was that cheating? No. It's okay to do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fascinating. In fact, yeah. right? I want to see his perspective. Yeah. yeah. What he took out of it. Now I'm going to read it and see if I get any yeah. other nuggets out of it. Other Which than you what, will. Yeah. Oh, I'm certain I will. You're so. in a different place in your life. You're in a different life yeah. stage, and you'll say you'll see yeah. different stuff. Well, we're, we're going to get Steve on here in a couple of weeks. I got to give Steve a call and get him on. We want to talk about about that book. If you haven't read it, folks out there, 
Um, it, his latest book is really special. That's a great it's book. It's very special. Yeah. Shout out to Lynn watching in Hiram, Utah, DF down in St. George. And we're all over the world tonight on Wise Guys. Uh, a few more questions with Sherry Dew, and then she's going to reveal her top five BYU sports moments of all time. So we're looking Phenomenal. forward to that here in just a moment. You've been the authorized biographer for President Ezra Taft Benson, President Gordon B. Hinckley, current church prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. Is there a thread of similarity between those three men in or out of their church service? And if so, what is it? Because they were very different in their professional lives. Yeah, really great question. Um, very different, very different individuals, very different life experiences. Um, I would say the thread that is absolutely the same is that in retrospect, by the time you start to work on a biography of a prophet, a man who's become a prophet, there's a lot of years that you have to look at. And I'd say the thread that is absolutely the same is that you can see the Lord's hand in their lives. Hands down. It's, you're not making it up. It's just so obvious that they've been tutored and prepared and they've learned and tutored and prepared and they've learned and prepared them for the day when they're called to the Quorum of the Twelve first and then the tutoring continues, and they keep learning, and they keep experiencing uh, until that day comes that they become the senior apostle. But you can see the Lord. It's like he has been their personal schoolmaster. Mm. I'd say that is the same absolutely. You also see a thread of faith. They all have faith. They believe. They believe in God. They believe in Jesus they believe that that God and his son will overrule for their good, you see faith. It's demonstrated different ways, but that's what you see. Interesting. You know, what, one of your popular quotes um, comes from your background of growing up on a farm, which I can appreciate. I'm a New York kid. I married a farm girl. We took the farm over for a week while the family went to Lake Powell and we didn't have any money. Yikes. Yeah, right. I didn't know the chickens didn't want to give up the eggs. <laughs> You just you know, thought they I, just say, hey, she, here you no, go. No, she sent Brenda sent me out to get the eggs. I took a big basket. I went out. Every time I reached up, they tried to peck my hand. I came out. Like, they just welcomed me, like, right? <laughs> she goes, what are you doing? I said, there's no, there's no eggs. It's not she like goes, Easter morning. She goes, did you get them out from under the chickens and, I, and, and the hens? And I said, well, they, they obviously didn't want to give up the eggs today. And she goes, get back out there and get those. And I took my watering turns. I had to go move the pipe. You, you did all of that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you, you moved irrigation pipe in the yeah. middle of the night. You drove a tractor before yeah. you, you you drove a car. Um, you're, you're saying is you reap what you sow. It's, it's a farm mm -hmm. saying. Um, it applies to life. It also screams volumes about sports, mm -hmm. right? So, so tell us a little bit about that quote and the origin of that and why that's an important quote to you. Well, you've got a, I mean, it's scriptural for starters and, but when you grow up on a farm, you see it. You kind of go, oh, yeah, I get this. If A farmer can't hide in a cubicle on the fifth floor and hope that nobody realizes he's not very smart. You, you either plant the seed or you don't. You either water it and nurture it or you don't. So you kind of see it playing out, right? And, and I, think, I think it has huge bearing on sports. So... Maybe, uh, maybe a story that may not seem to relate, but, but I think it does. Uh, a few years ago, I had a knee replaced. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a grueling thing, getting, your, getting everything working again. And so I had a fabulous therapist. I mean, she's, she was brutal, but she was so good. And um, 
one day she was telling me, sure, you're doing great. You're really progressing. Everything's going great. You're, you're ahead of schedule. You're just doing great. And, and you're working so hard. And I said, well, who would go through this and not work hard to get their knee working again? Why would you go through the whole thing? And she said, you'd be surprised. So about how hard it is to get certain people to, to do the therapy and everything. And I said, well, have you learned anything as a therapist about um, what helps some people do it and others just won't go through it? And she said, sports. She said, I've decided it's sports. If you've competed in competitive sports or if you've like trained for a marathon or a half marathon or something, you know that it's going to hurt by the fourth quarter and it's okay. It's going to hurt and you keep going. You don't stop because you are gassed when there's five, it's five minutes left and the game's on the line. You keep going. And she said, I've decided that people who have had the discipline of sports, they'll always do the therapy they need to get a, a replaced limb or whatever working again. And I thought, isn't that interesting? To me, and that, to me that is reap what you sow. You, you can see it. You can feel it. I had a mission companion um, who didn't grow up with sports at all. And it was night and day with his ability to get along with people as opposed to my other companions who played baseball or softball or basketball or football where it was a team concept of I, gotta, I can't win by myself. And I'm... And I was just, it was like we came from a different planet and just saw things differently. And we all, the McCanns all grew up in sports because my mom didn't want us to tear up the house, so we were doing <laughs> something. Um, uh, but I, I, was, I was surprised at how noticeable it was in just people skills. It's, it's the thing, that's why I'm just so, not, not only do I just love it, I just love it, but uh, I don't know if that's nature or nurture or both, but I just do. But I think the uh, payoff for sports is huge. If I had had, I always hoped I would have six boys. That's what I dreamed of, was having a, a team and a spare, a sub, right? <laughs> there has That's to be a I six wanted. man. You have to, to be, have a six man. No, That's you have right. a six man. And, man, I would have had him sports like crazy because I just think you can learn a lot, including how you lose gracefully. Yeah. How you yeah. handle it when you don't win. Because you lose more than you win. Yeah. You yeah. know, unless you're the last team standing. You, you've got yeah. a, a, there, There's always going to be hurdles put in your way you're going to fail you've got to dry, grind through failure you i feel like somebody, one, of the, t yeah, one of the toughest somebody. things to do in sports is to play corner because you go out there and you're out on an island and you're covering a, one of the most gifted players on the other team at wide receiver and he and he's gonna run by you and you're gonna make a mistake and he's gonna catch a touchdown and you have to go well that was an aberration that's never gonna happen again what do i learn from that and i can th all i can do is think about it for about 20 seconds I need to do this next time I do that. And then you have to move forward and grind through it. It's Or else they will throw another one. They'll yeah. come right back at you. If, you. if you're dwelling on it, they will come right back at you again and again and again. And, you know, when, when in the olden days, before we played with helmets and everything, when I was playing, right. we had Norm Chow and we had um, Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid with us. And, and if they found the guy out there on the defense that couldn't do that, that couldn't put it behind him and move forward and learn from it, they would be relentless. They would figure out ways to get in a different formation and to just attack him over and over and over again. And we would just isolate him and pick on him. So the poor guy probably never wanted to play. So it wasn't again. very nice, but it was effective. Yeah, but I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you've, you've got to be able to step up. Hey, uh, my beautiful wife, Mimi B. Fowler, by the way, is Brenda. Um, she just says, awesome lessons from the farm. And they tie perfectly with sports 100%. Speaking my language. Because <laughs> Brenda, Brenda grew up on a farm with Hereford cows and hay fields. And 
So, so she, she's loving that we're talking, uh, talking farms and sports. A shout out to John from Camp Verde, Arizona in with us tonight. This is a fun show because it's a live stream where people can join us. They got Wi-Fi. They, they can join the show and we've had a good time doing it. Before we get to your five moments, uh, you grew up on a farm in Kansas. We've established that. When I think of a farm in Kansas, I think of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Sure. So uh, did you ever have any tornadoes you ran from growing up? We, every year, we had tornado warnings and tornado watches. And at the moment, I can't remember which is more severe, the warning or the watch, but a lot of scary weather. We never, um, we never lost any crops, but neighbors did. Yeah. Keep in mind, these farms are big. <clears throat> They're thousands of acres. And so a tornado can go by and strip somebody that's not terribly far away, but, but leave you untouched. So... Certainly no tornado weather and have seen the aftermath. Um, never was in the direct path of a tornado, but in the weather, yeah, and it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah. I feel fortunate that we live in a place. Like, I, I grew up in New York. We don't have earthquakes. They don't have tornadoes. I moved to Utah. They always threaten about, I mean, at some point we're going to have an earthquake. earthquake. And we have some small ones, but they, they don't seem like it's San Francisco level. Um, and tornadoes are rare around here. I feel like I've been really blessed because I... I worked for a company that was based in Kansas City, and we had multiple warnings. It scares the heck out of you. It, it's scary. Yeah. You feel really helpless. Scary. You know? It was really common for my, uh, in the middle of the night, for my mom to come and wake me up. I had a bedroom on the main floor, and my parents had a bedroom on the main floor, and then my siblings lived down, were slept downstairs in their bedrooms. And it was not unusual for my mother to come and tap me on the shoulder and say, Sherry, get your pillow and go downstairs. Mom, are we having a tornado? You know, there's this immediate yeah. reaction. Just get your pillow and go downstairs. So the, you learn what to do. Now, a tornado is survivable. Right. If you know what to if do. If you do you, the right things. If you do the right things, you're going to survive every time. But it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How many years have you been attending or watching BYU sports? Yeah. So here's the funny thing. The other day I was in a group talking about BYU sports again. And I said, man, I've been watching this for 40 years. And one of my colleagues said, actually, you've been watching this for 50 years. What? <laughs> and it's true. What kind of colleague is that? What kind of colleague <laughs> calls you out on that? Yeah. So, All right. So we have so multiple decades. Years. Yes, Multiple we do. decades. Yeah. Uh, let's roll out your top five BYU sports moments of all time. Are sports moments or sports moments I was in, I witnessed? It, it, let's go with the witness. Yeah, well, let's go with the witness because I think that's what that, when I say that. Rather note. Start, now, would you rather start with one and go to five, or do you want to go in reverse order from five? Witnessed anyway, in person or on. Yeah, let's yeah. go either or. Yeah, television or in person. Favorite BYU sports moments? Okay, well, like, let's see. Um, well, the number one BYU sports moment. We're going has, right to number one? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. It's easiest. Right. It's easiest. I, it I has agree. to be Danny Ainge, eight seconds Notre Dame. Oh. It has to be. When you, when you mentioned earlier about um, winning and, and what the national championship did for BYU, just think of what that one basket did oh. for BYU. Wow. For Ainge, for the Cougars, for, for all of that stuff. And that happened, you know, three seasons before Blaine's team went undefeated. Then the next thing has to be has to be the the eighty four team. I mean the the national championship team. And there's all those things that happen, including um, the Holiday Bowl where Robbie gets injured. And I for, I'm embarrassed that I forgot it was you that came in. <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. Hey, I, I'm, I'm repent. I'm, 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 I'm sure. I'm just a footnote. I'm well, just a what footnote I remember is that he got injured. You just yeah. go away. Yeah. Oh, he got injured. So that year was like magical. 
Right. How about the Morel's leap over the Hawaii line? I just watched that the other day. <laughs> I dialed yeah. it up, and that's incredible. the most incredible timing you've ever seen in a play. Yeah, and right? he, yeah. He, yeah. When we talked to him after the game, there's two funny stories about that. First, Dave Neff, who was in at middle linebacker on the play, he he and the other middle backer, Kerry Whittingham, said, Kyle's little brother, um, we're just going to crawl under and we're going to grab the guy's legs. And they crawled under. They, they didn't, weren't sure what they grabbed. And then they heard this giant roar, and they thought they made the play. So then they got up from below the pile, and they ran over the sideline, and everybody's high-fiving, and everybody's like, did you see that? Did you see that? They're like, yeah, we made the play. And they're like, no, Kyle jumped over the top of the pile and made the play. And they're like, Those oh. were BYU fans. So for a moment, they thought they made the play. And then we t- I, I talked to Kyle after the game, and I'm like, what, what were you thinking? He, and he was actually more calculated than people give him credit for. He's like, well, I thought to myself, um, they're on the six-inch line. So I'm just going to go on the first sound. Like, and I'm just going to guess that they're going to call it on one. Because if they go on two and I'm offside, it's going to be a three-inch penalty. I might as well take a chance here. So I'm going to go on the first sound. That's how he timed it out. So wow. it, it wasn't an accident wow. that he had that timing. He it's actually amazing. thoughtfully, you know, we always, we talk about guys that have a presence in a game and we talk about situational awareness. Great quarterbacks know can't take a sack and two-minute offense. I can't do this. Got to do this. This is the kind of play I have to make. In that situation, that's about as big-time a situational awareness as you'll ever hear of in a game. And Lavelle Incredible. told me multiple times it's the best defensive play he's ever seen in football. Amazing, huh. right? Yeah. That was a big play. So that, that preserved the national championship. All right, number three. Okay, I think I'm going to go with beating number one Miami. Oh, I love that. Ty Datmer. I mean, that was... Were you that, in the stadium that I night? I was, and it was amazing. It was Amazing. Electric. It was electric. I called that game. It was electric. Yeah. It was just wow. Okay. okay. Then, then I think I. Are got, you linking that to the Heisman too? Are you linking those two together? Yeah, probably. Okay. We, yeah, Dave and I were there yeah, for the probably. Heisman announcement yeah. in Hawaii. That was nuts. terrible game afterwards. Yeah, but. terrible game. Holy, yeah. holy cow! What happened there? But anyway, but that game was amazing. Number one team in the country. I mean, that was amazing. Um, not only that, it, they were the hot dogs. They were yeah. the cockiest team in America. Russell Maryland's still mad about it. All by the that way. stuff. I saw him at a thing. He's still mad about it. And The Rock was injured and didn't play, but he was on the team. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson was on that team. The Rock. I didn't know that. Yeah. He played the next week. Yeah. He didn't play in that game. Oh, my that, gosh. And here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't know that. That, yeah. that team, that Miami team. I like, forgot that. So, so we go out in 84, and we win that opener against number two Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh had a bunch of injuries that year, and they ended up like six and five. Right. That Miami team played in the Cotton Bowl and finished like number three in the country that year. Then they that won was, it the next year. That, and won the national championship the next year. So that was a legit, that's Let's legit, legit the best team that BYU's ever beaten, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, in yeah. any sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number four. Okay, I think I got to go with, um, remember when, what, when would this have been? Remember when San Diego State was number four and BYU had just crossed into the top ten and they were like number nine? Yeah, yes. Kawhi, they came to Kawhi the Center. And, and Jimmer going at each other. Yeah, right. and then we beat them. Yeah. Yes. I think I got to go with that one next. That The Marriott Center that night was, wow. Yeah, that was. Jimmer had like 30-something. Yeah, it yeah. was like a spiritual experience. Come on. Yeah. That was off the charts. Yeah. That was, these, these recent wins against Gonzaga have been pretty big, but none matches that game. That was. Oh, that and then game they was... went down to San Diego and did it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, then they got him in the finals of the tournament. Yeah. But, but that was after Jimmer just went off for 51 in the semis against New Mexico with right. only one free throw attempt. Yeah. That, that was a season for the ages, that yeah. whole season. So I'll go with you on that. I like that one. 
And then the last one, I don't want to pick a moment. I want to pick a... Okay. I came as a, as a freshman to BYU in 1971 and watched Kreshimer Chosich oh, play. Oh, yes. And watching Chosich play in any game was like magic. He was... You know, he didn't play. I want. I wish I could go back and I probably could find some things and go watch him play. I don't remember him being a power player. I remember him being a more finesse player. You got this skinny six eleven guy who could do things with his body that were sort of like, how, what did he just do? Show me that again. I mean, so to me, I'm going to lump him and say it was watching in person over and over again. Christian Chosich play basketball. I, I love. He that. was amazing. Yeah. I, I love that because people don't recognize what a great contribution. And he made huge contributions to the game of basketball over in his homeland. Yeah, he did. And um, he pushed BYU forward, oh, I feel yeah. like. And kind of set it up for Ainge in a way. I remember yeah. Billy Packer of CBS saying that he was the most influential foreign athlete to start the whole movement of foreign kids coming to play basketball. Wow. Yeah, which is really Which cool. is true. I mean, think about the best player in the NBA this last year. Yeah. Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's coming he from, from Serbia, Serbia, Serbia. Yeah. which is right there. Yeah. Right. So, so those are great moments. Those so great. watching, I mean, growing up watching KU basketball, which was pretty elite basketball, but it didn't feel like there was a drop off watching Chosich play. I came and said, that guy, that guy's as good as KU. Wow. What's now, I don't, be, know, we, I don't we, know if he was or not, but I We didn't get to watch was. him. And, no. But I, I talked to Liddell Anderson. This is my about, age speaking. No, I've, I've talked to Liddell Anderson about him and, I, and, and Roger Reed and Frank Arnold and all those. And, and when they talk about him, they say, oh, he was like a work of art in no. basketball. Yeah. The way he would around the back pass and his ball handling skills and his no look. Like they say, he was 20 years ahead of the game for... He played like the big guys in the NBA, yeah. like like Jokic and, and, and these guys, and Doncic. These guys that are big guys that are skilled, he was way ahead of Phenomenal his time. Phenomenal finesse. Yeah. Phenom- uh, no, he handled the ball like a guard. Yeah. And I'd never seen that. I thought, I, I'd never seen a big guy be able to do that. So I was, he was, yeah. he blew me away. And, and what a great rep- representative of the university um, and, and the... The, Not a member. No, but at he, the time he right. represented an atheist, over, self-proclaimed atheist, oh, when yeah, he showed up. Oh yeah, that's right. Behind what then was the Iron Curtain? Yeah, right. Yeah. In communist countries. He was well known. So, but cool. he was a wow. He was a he wow. Was for a wow. Me. I love that. That's What's it going to be one? like for you when you, and I, you're going to have to be sitting with President Reese on that row when the <laughs> no. Cougars come out over here and the Jayhawks come out over here this winter? In a basketball game in Provo, what's what's that going to be like for you? Have to root for the Cougars. Yeah, um, I think it will be awesome. <laughs> I can't imagine the Jayhawks. We have, we haven't seen the schedule yet, right? No, so not, not, not for basketball yet. Yeah, so I can't imagine watching them and looking across and there's Bill Self, one of the great coaches yeah. of, of all time, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, and. It'll be amazing. What, what, what about football? We do have the schedule for football. Is there a game on that football schedule that you've looked at and you think, oh, I can't wait for that game this fall? Well, there's several of them. I mean, most of the schedule. But honestly, I'm – look, KU, KU's never been squat in football. But I'm so tempted to go to KU just to go to KU to watch it, right? right? And they got a little – they went 6-7 and they, seven last and their quarterback year. Got hurt. They were yeah. on a roll. The quarterback got hurt. He's back. You know, they're – that's going to be, be a hard game. Yeah, they throw it around. I think they'll all be hard games, but I kind of, I'm kind of optimistic about our football team. Actually, yeah. I think listening to you guys earlier talking about where where could they go, they might do better than everybody is thinking in this first year. 
So I'm kind of just looking forward to the whole thing, the whole ride. It's going to be nice. fun. Going to be fun. It's, when we ask people, um, the, the two easy ones, hey, Oklahoma's coming here. We're going to Texas. You know, everybody loves those two. I'm like, ah, they're leaving the league. I, I'm taking Oklahoma State on the road. Because they're going to okay. be a league rival. Yeah, they are. And and I kind of like Arkansas on the road too, even though it's not a league game. Because it'll be a great. We got game, some though. paybacks from last year, and I think we got some surprises. I'm going with Texas. I, I served my mission he down served there. His mission there, so he's always all that stuff. And it's 110,000 people. It's kind of a cool environment. And you guys are telling me that Keaton Slovis is the real deal. He, he appears to be. He like we'll see. I, I keep saying this: if the Keaton Slovis mindset that played his first two years at USC. If they can get that back, because he's kind of been through it with coaches and right. some of this stuff. And their whole thing is um, he can make every throw. Like, he is an NFL skill set. Like, big time. He's a big kid. They can throw it all over. He's, he's way more athletic than people give him credit for. He played with confidence. You Remember, we talked about confidence his first two years. He was the best offensive player in the Pac-12 for two years, freshman and sophomore year. And then things changed. He went to Pittsburgh, and the offensive coordinator left. And His they, receiver went to USC, they, yeah, and then, of yeah. all things. And, and, and he just had no weapons around him. They were running three yards in a cloud of dust. He was really frustrated, and he was miserable because it was cloudy and gray every day in Pittsburgh. And he is so excited. And they still went uh, yeah. eight and four. If he, if he can get his mental – and it, everything in spring ball points to this – He's big time. He's a draftable NFL guy. And, cool. and if he can be that, then so BYU cool. wins more games than everybody thinks. And did he just hit a drive 340 yards? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he won the long drive. Yeah. He killed it. He's a big, strong kid. The, the wind must have not and, been blowing in his and, face and, like and it was sure for you, us. He is a heck of a nice kid, too. Yeah. Like I, I think, he looks like it. He looks, yeah. I think he's a great kid. We, we, we get like. to talk to him quite a bit. Like, he is so grateful to be here. And he has bought so nice. much into the culture here. Just completely supports it. He says, I grew up around a lot of LDS kids in, in Scottsdale. And I, I have lots of friends. Like, I love this culture. We're focused on football. And we're going to have so much fun. And he, he didn't come in and act like a star. He came in, got in line for every single drill. First one in the weight room. Last one out of the weight room. Throwing extra throws all the time. In the film room. Bringing guys together and getting in the film so room. So he's a leader. He, he just yeah. gets so he's it. A leader. He gets that yeah. you don't say something. Just because you were one of the top quarterbacks in the country a few years ago, you come in and you show everybody that you're all in. He's done that That's in a big character. way. Yeah. That's character. And yeah. Jaron Jaron Hall has nine starts against P5 teams, and Slovis comes in with 34. Yeah. So that's oh, experience, wow. too. That, that's, that's everything going into Lawrence and going into Austin and going having Oklahoma come here. So so it all looks great on paper, and, and he's been a pleasure to I'm be excited. around. Yeah, he's been such a good – he makes – you meet him, you visit with him a few times, you're like, oh, I really want to root for this kid. It makes you want to root for him. He's the kind of kid you can really wrap, cool. wrap you know, root around. So Glenn writes in, I was a freshman in 72, Lavelle's first year. Kosich in the house, Gifford Nielsen over at Provo High. That was a special that time. Was a good time. That was a special time. All right, let's get you out of here with the five fastest questions of the night. We get to ask all our guests these. They're very revealing. They require little thought. Okay, good. Like you're supposed to just say <laughs> the first thing that comes to your okay. mind. That's how we do this. So we're okay. going to start with your favorite sports movie. Remember the Titans. All right. We just went over to the stadium the other night and watched it on the big screen. Uh, uh, on movie night at Lavelle Oakwood Stadium was pretty cool. Our youngest Gavin that coaches the safeties at BYU, that's his. That's his. It's, it's, it's either that or Rudy for me. So, yeah, yeah. Rudy's so, good too. Favorite singer or band? Oh, man. This, you can go old school here if you can want. Can I go old school? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, a little tidbit. Sherry traveled and, and actually 
was has musical talent, plays the piano, and and you was it three USO tours that yeah. you did? Yeah. yeah. So which is pretty cool. Where was to to Alaska, Alaska, Europe, and the Mediterranean, Asia? Man, I can't you, believe you know that. You, you were off on USO tours, yep. and you were playing piano on those. I right? was. Were you taking requests, or did you go out with a set list? Uh, both. Yeah. We bought yeah. set list and we took requests. Nice. Sherry's a renaissance woman. Yeah. Like she really is. Like it's not just sports. She's sports and the arts, which I love. So, okay. So singer back to or band. favorite singer or band. Oh man. I can't do a favorite. My test, my tastes are so eclectic. So what was what it in I high t- school? What was it in high school? If you go clear back to high school, you're going back to three dog night. Nothing wrong with three Nothing dog night. What? You can still listen Gold to them on the air. Probably the favorite. Yeah, probably what has to be the favorite is is probably the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Yeah, I mean, still Elvis, you know? not Elvis, huh? Beach Boys. No, I'm going to tell her. Who I'm you, a little. I'm going to tell Sherry who you like. I'm a little past Elvis. Yeah, she probably knows. ACDC. Yeah, well, yeah, I get it. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is a classic. Yeah. Chicago is Def Leppard's never, great. Ne, Chicago never gets old. How about Journey? They're they're at Journey. State of Fire. Journey's cool. Yeah, and they're, they're at State of Fire cool. this week. We're yeah. excited about Be that. Like I a love 45, Journey. member sing along. Yeah. When I was when I was changing clothes after work to get up here, I was listening to Maroon Five. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm very like it's, it depends on the day for me. Yeah. You know. So, so we got a tie between Three Dog Night and Beach Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the Beach Boys. Okay. It's we'll probably a tie Boys. between the Beach Boys and Chicago. Chicago. So okay, okay, okay. That's fair. Okay, your favorite breakfast cereal. <laughs> um, We've run the gamut so, on hey, this. Scott Warner got us going on this. The the, the founder Honey of Honey Nut Gig. Cheerios. Honey Nut. That's a All good right. one. We we make fun of people that don't have any sugar <laughs> on their cereal. No, no, no. The Van Noys feed their kids. Yeah, Kyle, uh, Van, Kyle and Marissa. Mar- uh, protein shakes. I said, and you like, actually came on the show and said that you give your kids protein. How do you shakes start the day with Come a protein on. shake? It's like not right. Oh, my wife does. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. So uh, I know. Diane does. Favorite too. ice cream? Oh, um, pralines and cream. Nice. Pralines and cream. Okay. Now here's a tough one. This is your the grand fa- finale. Your favorite BYU quarterback of all time? Blaine Fowler. No, you can't <laughs> say Blaine Fowler. <laughs> Great that answer. That too easy. Do the balloons come down <laughs> if you say that? <laughs> yeah. No. That's not, he's not an option. He's In the event option. that it was someone other than Blaine. Yeah. Who would it be? Yeah. Who would it be? Because you... You've, You've had all oh, the man. legends. How, but how do you do that? So here's the, like, it's how like, it's like when I just, ask Brenda, I always say, it. Brenda, who do you think's the handsomest man in the world? And other than me. <laughs> other than me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? How do you choose between Steve and Taysom and You just come out and cold. Ty and you come out the cold blooded. Who was the first one that came to your mind? Who's Steve. F- Steve. Steve, yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's f- and hey, there's not a lot of people that can argue with you over that, over Steve. Plus, and you've worked with Steve a lot yeah, since. You've written books with and all that stuff. So. Here's what we always say about Steve. Is, is he the greatest while well, he was at BYU? He's one of the greatest. He's one of the top three one for of, sure. One of. But, but clearly but you his, add on the NFL. his professional career, he's the greatest yeah. football player in the history of BYU. He's a Hall of Famer in the National yeah. Football League. Yeah. And one of the most visible Hall athletes Famer, in the history MVP, of BYU. I mean. Yeah. It's hard to argue with Steve. Yeah. I, and, and we both know him really well, and he's one of the best humans we know. He's a fabulous human. Yep. Yep. You could have went with Ty. You could have just gone down the list. Yep. But Steve's a great choice. Yep, we'll, we'll go with Steve. I love all those guys. I yeah. mean, they've brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. You can find everything that Sherry Dew has written at DeseretBook.com. All 31 books. 
<laughs> Maybe more. It's like Baskin Robbins down there. Yeah. <laughs> Flavor for every You're book. Uh, my, my next, after I read Steve's book on love, now that I've read the Cliff Notes from Dallas, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go find If Life Were Easy, It Wouldn't Be Hard and Other Reassuring Truths. Yeah. Yeah. And that was way, that's from back in 2005. That's a long time ago. From 2005. So, you're, but you're, I think it would still apply today, right? Your walk-off no. parting advice to somebody who would like to write a book about their life not just a journal, but to write a write a book uh, about their life, or their life, or something that or they something found that fascinating, something, to something them. that means something to them. Your advice is what? Think about how you would talk about what you care about in a way that would that's fresh, and that somebody else would care about. You, you have look. It doesn't matter what you do unless it means something to someone else. The best toothpaste in the world doesn't help me if it doesn't come off the shelf. So you got to think about if you, if you, uh, Dave and Blaine are the audience, what will make you care about it? If you only write from your point of view about what I care about, nobody else cares. You know what that means to us? That means have Sherry do on your show. Oh, you're yeah, fine. That's right. Thank you. For the thank you so much for you, being you here. You guys are so nice to invite me. Thank you're the you best. So much. We, we, we literally have been pubbing this for like, Ever since you agreed to and come you know, on. You and people go, what? Sherry Dew's coming on your show? Yes, <laughs> she pe- is. Like, people stopped me today in the gym and said, is Sherry Dew coming on tonight? And I go, tonight's the night. And then our podcast so will be up tomorrow and there'll be clips all over. And, and yep. uh, we, we just, uh, one, we enjoy you and we enjoy your insight and uh, you're important to us. And so it's a pleasure to have Thank you here. You. You're so yeah. kind. Uh, this was an honor to be with you guys. Thanks a lot. I so, appreciate it so much. And will you find a, a date with Diane so we can do dinner? I would love it. Up? Wait, Brendan, right. and I, do Brendan Deal. and I get to come do Deal. this? Absolutely. Deal. Yeah, Let's absolutely. go do this. Deal. Okay, Let's that's the this. assignment on the way out. Okay. We took, okay. we kept you way too long. We'll let you go. Thanks, guys. We're great. Thanks so you. much. Thanks, Sherry. The so great, great Sherry do here go on Cougars. the Wise Guys. Yeah, go Cougs. We'll see you at the stadium this fall. Count on it. All right. How about that? Coming up. So fun. Next week's July 4th, we'll have a, a Star Spangled Banner performance there. Lee Kamar will be on the show July 11th. He's the women's basketball associate head coach. Mitch Matthews, July 18th. Steve Clark, tight end coach, July 25th. Also working for Jen Rockwood to be with us on that yeah. night. And then we'll get into August with some big names. Yeah, so I, we, I mean... You- I'm going to call Steve. I'm going to put, I'll put him on notice right now. I'm going to call Steve Young, especially now that we know that he's, that he's Sherry Dew's favorite quarterback That's of all right. time. That's right. We can use that. And, and I'm going to, because I would really like to have Steve in August as we're getting ready for not only BYU into the Big 12, but also the NFL season with all these guys. Because I, oh, yeah. I want to get Steve's take on this transition for BYU. And I also want him to, I want him to talk us through the Zach Wilson situation and so so my commitment to everybody is i'll i'll get with steve and see what we can where we can get him in august jamal willis is confirmed for august 8th and tom homo is confirmed for august 15th and uh gosh the game start just a couple weeks after that so we got big things coming for wise guys and and our and our guests uh none bigger than sherry do i think that's just I think that's just awesome. One, that she said she would come on. Two, that she said she'd drive down to Salt Lake to be on. Yeah. And then she was on for an hour with us. Yeah. No, she's she's the best, and, and she's been changing lots of people's lives for the better. So 
Whenever you're around Sherry, you want to be a better person, which is awesome. So. And the next time you're on the cereal aisle, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey nut Cheerios. I like that's, Honey Nut Cheerios. That's her favorite. I'm, I have to say, for dinner, because I always... We're going to talk about you for a long so time Sherry, after you go, be, so just be, know that. Before I come... Like, I always come from work, because I was up in Salt Lake City at work today, and I always come down, and I just grab a bowl of cereal before I come to the show. So I want everybody to know, today I did have Frosted Flakes before I came. I had Captain Crunch, so that's the kind of high we quality, do not guys. Eat, we do not eat healthy cereal at this show. <laughs> So more headlines we want to jump to uh, on this extraordinary wise guys tonight and a lot of great comments on our live stream. Thank you so much. Everyone loving that interview with with Sherry Dew. The highest ranked Big 12 corners, according to Pro Football Focus College, their Twitter site, they rolled that out this week. And it's just, uh, you know, when you when you see a BYU corner there in the top five, your eyes just go, whoa. Whoa, yeah. Corner. We haven't had a chance to see this kid, the top yeah. five. So number one is TJ Tampa from Iowa State. Re- really good, high, high draft pick. Number two is Josh Newton at TC. You saw him in the national championship game last year. And coming in at number three is Eddie Heckard, BYU, the transfer from Weber State. How about that? Well, and, and think about it. Eddie, Eddie was an NFL prospect this last year. And he could have gone out and, and either be a late pick or be a free agent, right? And and the only, it, it didn't have anything to do with the skill set. It had to do with the level of competition he played against. He's very skilled. He's very smart. I've had a chance to really kind of dig in and watch him during spring ball. And, hey, we got to give credit. Maybe the best recruiting job done this offseason was Jay Hill, Jay Hill saying to Eddie, listen, yeah, you can go out, probably make a team. But why don't you come down here and step it up and play in the Big 12 because I have every confidence that you can showcase against some of the best receivers in the country how good you are and improve your draft stock. And Eddie said, I love that challenge. Let's bring it on. I'm coming down to BYU, and I'm going to anchor that corner. And, hey, Pro Football Focus looks at him. They know his body of work over the last three years, and they've got him the number three corner in, in the Big 12. That's fantastic. And I even know what he's doing today. He, he's playing golf at Hubble Creek. Good for him. How do I know that? Because he's playing with Gavin today. There you go. <laughs> BYU volleyball news. Sophomore Luke Benson been named to the USA Volleyball Collegiate National Team. He's going to train with the squad, the national squad, July 2nd through the 8th in Anaheim. He's six foot seven, an outside hitter, one of 21 kids named to the squad. Team coached by former Cougar and former Cougar coach Chris McGowan. Yeah. So great opportunity to get in there and mix it up with the best of the best. Yep, that's great stuff. Um, we uh, do, do you want to? Did you want to do the football as, as a business thing? Let's save that one. Okay, we're let's go right on to Jimmer okay. since uh, we were talking about him. Earlier. Yeah, hey Jimmer, uh, ESPN basketball writer uh, Myron Metcalf. Uh, he listed, as you mentioned, to Sherry the top twenty-five college basketball players over the last twenty-five years. Remember, Jimmer was a national player of the year in one of those twenty-five right. years. So you know he's in the twenty-five. He's got to be in it, right? It's a matter of where. And they had him number twenty-four. And I thought, huh? Yeah, Kevin Durant was one. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because not only was he phenomenal at Texas in college, he's one of the best players in the history of the game. Um, but but let, let's talk about Jimmer's body of work. He averaged 28.9 points um, in, in 2011. He won the National Player of the Year. He was an AP All-American. I think, that's, I think it's too low. Yeah, he should be up higher. I, I don't know where, because once you start looking at those names, you're like, if, well, okay, but... I, I, I would have. As I was looking at the names, I'm like, I... 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there? Yeah. I would have felt... He was phenomenal. No one could stop him. He, he's one of the greatest scorers in the history of college basketball. And, you know, it didn't work out 
for him in the NBA, not in the right place at the right time. He was phenomenal overseas, especially in China. But but this is college basketball we're talking about. When yeah. he was in college basketball, Sherry mentioned one of her favorite five moments was when Jimmer and Kawhi Leonard were going one went another in the Marriott Center. And, and it was, Jimmer caught the imagination of the entire country. He was so good. He was such a gifted scorer. 28.9 points a game. I think he should have been in somewhere between 10 and 15. I agree. And now we're waiting for him to be named officially to the U.S. Olympic team for three-on-three basketball yeah, how cool to compete that? in Paris next summer and introduce Jimmer Mania to the global stage. Yep. Yeah. And he and he's got the personality to do there it. There was a little bit of Jimmer Mania going on with this, this tournament here. Yeah. This last FIBA. They took second. Uh, I think it was Serbia. It was one seven straight. And I mean, they got him at the would, buzzer. Would, would have been a silver in the Olympics. Yeah. I, and I think, hey. He's the, going the, for gold. The Olympics. Is the Olympics ready for Jimmer Mania? Jimmer and a gold medal on a front of a Wheaties box, even though no one eats Wheaties anymore. That would yeah. still be classic. You know what? Why can't he just be right beside Tony the Tiger on the Frosted Flakes? I'd box? rather have him on the Flakes than, yeah. than Wheaties. Yep, for sure. So that's pretty fun. Other men's hoops news. No Cougars taken in the NBA draft. Former BYU guard Rudy Williams, who is from Hamilton, Ontario, signed to play with Edmonton in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And you know what that is? That's getting paid to play. It's getting paid to play. So congratulations. And, and a lot of, you know, BYU hasn't had a lot of success with NBA guys. Brandon, no. Brandon Davies had a nice run um, most recently. But, um, you know, we had Travis Hansen on the show. Travis had a really nice career. Yeah, most um, of it overseas, yeah, but he was overseas. with the Hawks for but, a little bit. Yeah, with the Hawks for a little bit. But but BYU just hasn't had a lot of recent success. I think it's going to change as they get in the Big 12. It's got get, to. They're, they're going to get some guys. If they don't, then they're really going to struggle, yeah, right? Yeah. But, uh, hey, if you can get paid. To play, you know, no our, matter our, what it is, our good buddy do it. And, and colleague uh, Tyler Haas, he made a good living for yeah. a, quite a while over at, overseas playing do professional it. basketball. Just so. do it. So uh, B, uh, Big 12 hoops in the park. Let's talk about that. BYU women, uh, women's head coach Amber Whiting and men's head coach Mark Pope. They'll be among 11 Big 12 coaches working the Big 12 hoops in the park this summer. It's July 18th in Rucker Park in New York City. How fun. Rucker Park is... Is like if you grew up in New York, you, Rucker Park is where all the street ballers come and play. Yeah. Jimmer's played in Rucker Park. Um, when Kalani, you know, goes back and does his little, uh, um, where he takes the little and helps sponsor that youth football team right. back in, in New York City area, you know, they, they get over to Rucker Park and do some things. The coaches, they spend a day teaching skills um, to be successful on the court. And they talk to uh, participants a lot about living a good life off of it. So it's like awesome. a, it's life skills and basketball in Rucker Park, inner city, New York. I love it because that's home for me. And both uh, Amber Whiting and Mark Pope will be involved in that. The big dance is returning to Salt Lake City next March. Uh, first round games, March 21st and 23rd at the Delta Center. BYU will already have played a game there. Uh, they'll take on Fresno State uh, December 1st at the Delta Center when Christmas around the world comes yep, into yep, they, into they We're still kind of hoping we get that game, but yeah, we'll see. We, we've always had the games in the Delta Center the last couple of years, whether it's Utah, Utah State. We're hoping we get It'd we be get on that. ESPN Plus, but, but, but we'll we, see. We might yeah. get that one. Um, so uh, 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 BYU Golf, how fun was it watching Zach Blair? Man, he had a good day. Yes, he did. So 62. Former Cougar Zach Blair shot a 62 on Sunday. Finished tied for second at the Travelers Championship. Second place. Pay, well, pay that's probably pay good money. To this number, one point seven eight million million for second place. That's a step closer to retaining his PGA Tour card for another year, which is a big deal when you're in Zach. You're just that's you're your scratching, job. trying to to be, uh, you know, get your card for the next year. Can you imagine that on Wednesday you don't have one point seven eight million, and on Sunday you do. 
Yeah. That's the, the magic of being so a good golfer. So I told you, if, if I take second in that tournament and I get $1.78 million, I'm pretty much out of everything else other than doing this with you. I'm going to retire and we're going to do this. He's playing in the Rocket uh, Mortgage Classic this week in Detroit. That's right. Uh, we'll see if we can get a few more points and lock down that tour card. Congrats to Zach. A former Cougar, Alicia May Mateo, going to compete in the U.S. Women's Open. Mm-hmm. That's coming up July 6th. Yeah, and hey, Berlin Long, we know Berlin's family really well. She's competing in the U.S. Women's Amateur Championship August 7th through the 12th. So uh, good luck to both Berlin and to Alicia uh, May Mateo. Our friend Tony Finau is going to defend his title at the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, later this week in Detroit, which Zach will be uh, competing in. And Dan Forsman, our friend of the show, was back on the Champions Tour last weekend at the Dick's Sporting Goods Open in upstate New York, back in your neck of the woods. He finished tied for 68th, which means... Uh, he's the 68th best golfer in the world on the Champions Tour for guys who are, what, 60 and over or 55 and over, however they do it. But he beat PGA champion John Daly by nine shots. Yeah, there you go. That's all you need to think about. And, That's awesome. And by the way, I ran into Trudy, um, Dan's wife, the other day, and she blames you for this. <laughs> yes, I'm in her doghouse. Yeah, she says. I said, Diane, she, call she, Trudy, take her to lunch. She said, Dave talked him into this. Yeah. And, and, and for those that don't know, Dan's coming back from an injury. Um, and surgery, shoulder, shoulder yep. surgery. So he's he's playing his way back. And into hasn't form. played a lot, and um, but but he can play. Yes, that's the thing. It's like yeah. he can play on the Champions Tour. So my advice to him was, if you can, you should. Right, and you know what? And Dan, we love Dan. Dan loves the game. Yeah, and so yeah, but I'm in Trudy's doghouse. Yeah, because you did this. You sent him off nice last job. weekend. Trudy I, was kind of liking having him around the house, and you sent him off to play in a tournament. I know more power to him. So there, there you go. There's this behind <laughs> behind the scenes. And hey, I texted about- him. I and he didn't have the greatest round. He was disappointed. I just texted him and said, "I love that you beat John Daly by nine shots." See, you, you got to look at the silver lining. Absolutely. Right? So, um, uh, let's talk about Neon Trees. Yeah. Our, our good friends from Neon Trees. We've had. Um, Remember when Elaine Bradley was yeah. here? She goes, "Hey, we got a new album out. It's ready." Yeah, yeah. So that was news. Um, the favorite days tour has been announced. So they're, it, but they spell they don't spell D A Y S. It's D A Z E. That's how they do it. So I like it. Little little twist. The favorite days tour has been announced. Um, Elaine Bradley and Brandon Campbell. They've both been on the show. Will be part of of that tour with Neon Half Trees. Half the band's been on our show. Isn't that cool? That's pretty awesome. So. so they'll be at the Complex in Salt Lake City on Saturday, October 7th. That's BYU's bye weekend. Let's all go. It goes perfectly uh, with that open date uh, and, and other tour dates and ticket info is at neontrees.com. And, of course, we're pitching that because they both came on our show and, and great, gave us all the time They're, they're great friends, and, and uh, hey, we're wishing them great luck cause, because – They've had multiple bouts with multiple folks with bad health yeah. in, in recent years, and are all including Brandon, right? Brandon for sure. He plays the bass. And they're they're all healthy, yeah, and they're and they're ready to to go out. And then you know Elaine um, has taken some time and hosted shows at BYU TV. Yeah, she's ready to go play. Uh, the and drums. she's ready to go play drums and and uh, and go out on tour. So that's pretty fun. So good luck to the neon trees as they hit the road. On this day, let's wrap it up with some things here. On this day, June 27th. Remember, sometimes we have uh, shows on days where, like, not a lot happened. And then there are days this, this when, is like, not one of things that changed our life happened. Right. Here we go. Uh, June 27th, on this day. In 1778, the Liberty Bell returned to Philadelphia after uh, British departure. So I guess they, they, yeah. they didn't want the British to take it, so they had to put it somewhere. They put it in Philadelphia. And hey, the fight's over, they left, and here comes here the comes, bell. Here comes the Philadelphia. That's a perfect uh, for this time of year yeah, as ne- we next, get ready. Next tour stop for Libby and the Moulin Rouge is 
Philadelphia. In, in Philadelphia. Fantastic. So. 1929 on this day, the first color TV is demonstrated by Bell Laboratories in New York. Now we can watch live games on our phone in color, in and, high definition. And guess what? We, we are going to go back and do a BYU t- t- uh, tie here because television, Philo T. Farnsworth. So oh, yeah. He's got ties to BYU. Absolutely. So, and, and Idaho, southeastern Idaho. Our life wouldn't be the same without Philo. Without Philo. So, 1955, the first automobile seatbelt law is passed in Illinois. 1955. So, if you, if you, if you don't like it, that's where it started. So, well, and here's the thing. But so, I like it. I always wear my seatbelt. Here's a question for you. And Brenda's probably not listening anymore because she's on her way to a tennis tournament. But maybe they're listening in the car. When you get in a car, is the first thing you even, you don't even have to think about it, just reflex. You just put your, just like, that's me. And of course, there's the ding, and, and sometimes Diane won't click it right away, and so it dings and dings, and I say, should we sing a Christmas carol with this bell, or are we going to... You, you and I, we both know, we talk about this, and, and Diane and Brenda are, they're seatbelt protesters. That's what they are. And they wear them, um, but they don't wear them um, willfully. So, so we start, you know, they do wear them, but we start off, and it's always like, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah. And, and, then, and then here's what I say. And I'm not patient enough, and I need to learn to be patient. I go, are you serious right now? <laughs> and she goes, what? And well, I listen, go, we, have a, we teach our kids to do it. We should do it, right? That's right. Come so, on. So Come 1955, on, it's, the rule's been around in Illinois since 55. We've got to start wearing our seatbelts all the time. 1974 on this day, President Nixon visits the USSR, and that, that was a big deal back then. Yeah. That, I was, that I kind was of stuff didn't just happen. Not too far from the USSR the last, last week when I was That's over right. in Croatia. Beautiful country. 1977, by a 5-4 vote. This, this, before you finish, this changed all of our lives. Yeah. Just, I, just one word, billboards. But anyhow, by a 5-4 vote, the Supreme Court allowed lawyers to advertise. Now, in your, if you're in Vegas, and I was there for 20 oh, years. Oh, my goodness. You go to a commercial in your newscast. It's like five commercials about attorneys. Every billboard's about attorneys. Like, yeah. 5-4 yeah. vote. They allowed him to. 1981, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes had that raspy voice. I still love that song. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. How about 1988, Your Old Friend. Iron Mike. Were, were you at this fight? No, you weren't because no. it wasn't in Vegas. I was on my mission. Mike Tyson knocks out Michael Spinks in 91 seconds. 91 seconds. This was when he was... He, the, was, a, he was a wrecking machine back was, in those days. He, was. he came uh, out and just pursued. 1990 on this day, Jose Canseco signs a record $4.7 million per year contract with the Oakland A's. 4.7 per year. It seemed crazy. This season, Aaron Judge is making 40 million from the Yankees. Yes, of course he is. He's not even playing because he's hurt. But 4.7 back then was what? And now 40 million is like, yeah, yeah, that's what he's making. So uh, in 2020, a locust invasion is labeled Swarmageddon by, <laughs> by the Times of India as it reached Delhi. Yeah, Swarmageddon. Boy, Swarmageddon. if I had Swarmageddon, I wouldn't feel good about that either. Were you, were you, you weren't with us. You didn't go with us down to that TCU game. No, I was and, on my mission. Yeah, that's right. The, you were on with your the mission. Crickets. That's right. I was doing the game with Craig. Yeah, it's after you, after BYU came to Austin. Yep. Beat Texas. Then a couple weeks later, over They're in down Fort, to Fort Worth, Worth, and we had we had an invasion of crickets, <laughs> and and they were crawling all over us. We were up in the booth on top of the stadium, Craig and I, and they were crawling all over us. It was the creepiest thing yeah, ever. It's and creepy they, when they're creeping and, and they got out on the field and they were sweeping them into giant black garbage bags and hauling them off. It That's was crazy. Stuff. Guys were slipping on crickets when they were going to make a cut in that game. Hey, also on this day, just a few minutes ago, Michael Rucker pitched a clean inning against the Phillies. 
One strikeout, no hits. He's been solid. The Cubs yep. are getting beat five to nothing, but it's not because of him. It was because the guy in front of him gave up five runs on seven hits. So another solid outing from the only Cougar yep. in the you go, major Michael. leagues. And Michael's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. Yeah. So we always root, root, we're always rooting for Michael. Uh, birthday's today, June 27th. Yeah. How about in 1880, Helen Keller born was today. born on June 27th, born deaf and blind, and what she accomplished with those uh, those two deficiencies, unbelievable. Yeah. On this day, 1930, Ross Perot. Yeah. George W. Bu- George Bush Sr. still believes that yeah, Ross, Ross Perot cost him his re-election. He's like, Ross Perot, that's cost him his you see what I'm re-election. saying? He had all those, didn't he draw all the graphs and all the oh, charts? Oh, yeah. yeah. When he talks so fast, you had to listen, listen to me. Listen to me, I'm telling you. Listen to me. So. Saturday Night Live had a heyday with Ross Perot. How about in 1975, Spider-Man himself, Tobey Maguire. Uh, is that your favorite, Spider-Man? Yeah. Or do you like the new guy? No, I like Tobey Maguire. He was good. Yeah, he's the best. He was good. Deaths on this day, June 27th, significant for uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 1844, Joseph and Hiram Smith killed by a mob at Liberty Jail in Carthage, Illinois. Joseph, the prophet of the restoration of the church, 179 years ago. And our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week is from Joseph Smith. Right. Happiness is the object and design of our existence and will be the end thereof. If we pursue the path that leads to it, and this path is virtue, uprightness, faithfulness, holiness, and keeping all the commandments of God. You know, it doesn't matter what church you belong to, what religion you subscribe to. The context is this quote applies to every Ab- human being. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's close to home for, uh, for Brenda's family. Brenda's lineage is the Smith family. Hiram Smith is Brenda's great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah. So, yep. Well, there's a, there's a statue. If you've been through Nauvoo, there's a statue of Joseph and Hiram on their two horses looking west. Uh, they didn't come west with the pioneers right. because of what had happened. But uh, uh, all the events that transpired after that, uh, and here we are in the west yep. because of it. Utah's here because of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Brigham Young, of course. So it carried on the, the plan. Saturday afternoon, we will see you from 3 to 5 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV for our game day coverage of the big party celebrating BYU's official admittance into the Big 12. For 12 years, Blaine, we've sat on all these shows and Mm -hmm. wondered and speculated if the big time was ever going to come. It's here. And on Saturday, it will officially be here. We're at the front door. Yeah. We're at the front door. I'm excited for the show. That's going to be a fun show we have. We were, we'll have Nixon there, some, Brian Logan, yeah, we're doing Spencer some prep and Jerem. Today we're going back and forth uh, yeah. with one another today. It's going to be a great a great show. You know what? If, if you can't get there, come watch the show. If you can get there, come. It's going to be yeah. really a really fun environment. You can listen. We'll have it on the speakers there. Music, uh, food trucks, all, all, players, athletes, coaches. coaches. It's going to be fun. So come join us for the big celebration. And the weather's supposed to be decent, like sunny and a high of 88, which is yeah. actually pretty good yep. Yep. for the day of the stadium of fire. Some of those have been roasters. And then and then Saturday night, of course, we'll see you over at the stadium. Hopefully for it's journey. sold out. Hopefully you got some seats. Um, that's going to be a fun show. And then the next big event in that place wow. at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is when the Cougars take the field to play Sam Houston. Yep. Hey, it's, the time is, is running short until it's all on. Fun stuff. Hey, and I'm a shout out before we go to, to Kay Porter, who's following and just said, hey, we're related. Hiram Smith is also my great, great, great grandfather. There we go. You guys are in good, good company. Good, good to have you on, cousin. 
<laughs> we thank Sherry Dew for spending a lot of time with us tonight. The podcast will be up tomorrow, so you can listen to it again. Share it with your friends. Remember, like us on our YouTube page. Go to ysguys.com. Subscribe there. Both are free. That'll give you highlights from tonight's show and help us continue to build the show. And by the way, this show's going places. Yep. And we'll we, have we, some news we'll about some news that in the coming up. weeks. And hey, shout out to my real cousin who just chimed in, Tammy Van Houten Drake, back in New York. So thanks, thanks to my new cousin. And uh, and thanks to my my old cousin. We should almost be on Mondays, like family. There we family go. Hour. Family, family. Hey, hour. thanks for everybody. We we were all over the world tonight, from the Philippines to New York to Washington to California, Hawaii. Texas, Hawaii, all over the state of Utah, all over Cougar Nation. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for chiming in. Have an awesome week. Fourth of July, we'll have a brand new podcast out for that one as well. And July means football is back. Can you believe that? Let's do it. Let's get to Let's July. Let's do it. See you next week, everyone. See you.